Uh, disclaimer for tonight. Uh, our friend Pat won't be joining us tonight, so I will be playing the role of Cuddy. Um, so you'll potentially be hearing a little bit less from Cuddy as I try to piece together the, the best of his personality for tonight. And without further ado... Previously on our adventure, our three champions left the Stone Giant clan of Granite Hollow on their way to Longsaddle in hopes of finding leads on Cuddy's origin and to steadily make their way to Mount Hotenau to potentially converse with the Lord of Shadow, Veyron. A short time later on the road ahead lay a very obvious goblin ambush, but before they could have the pleasure of taking out such a minor threat, a massive dragon swooped down from the sky and lay waste to the feeble creatures with an acid breath blast. The beast then tried to extort our party for gold for his services. Cuddy threw down loose gold, not wanting to pick a fight with such an intimidating legend of a creature. Nix and Thrym, however, were not impressed. After trying for his name, the dragon simply told them the names have power and told them to bring Harkel, gesturing towards the party's golden retriever, to Longsaddle. Three large towers jutted the skyline as they approached the small hamlet. Their architecture of elven make, while everything else seemed to be of basic human build. Upon going towards the largest tower in town, surrounded by a massive complex that sat on an island, by ways of a stone bridge to access the island, Cuddy and the dog went to go across. Cuddy walked in place, not making any progress, as the dog simply walked off into the main building, leaving his caretakers behind. Upon asking a local bartender about the dragon, they found his name to be Muldrez, and that their answers would indeed be found across the bridge. Going to the registrar's office nearby, they were given the choice of a small fortune to pay, or a task to accomplish if they wished to cross the bridge. They began with a task to eliminate a stone golem from a nearby defunct wizard tower, after a few trials and a brutal fight, that task was complete. The next one they tended to was the, to collect some grave bloom from a local graveyard. Upon finding a few small flowers, they also discovered a freshly dug up grave. Following the trail, they came across a small farm through the forest a short walk away from town. There, they encountered undead farm animals and a human named Clancy. He dug up the corpses, corpse on the farm's old, of the farm's old worker and Clancy was looking to put him to work, as he had inherited the farm from his father and needed assistance on the farm. The group convinced Clancy to put his helper back into the grave, as the wizards in Longsaddle would not take kindly to grave robbing. Nix also convinced him to join up with the casters in town, as a new life would be ahead of him if he took the chance and ready for the taking. Clancy agreed and began to bring the body back to the graveyard. With two more tasks ahead of them and their dog in unknown territory, our party pushes forth to find the answers they need for the future of their survival. So you guys are on your way back to Long Saddle after the encounter with uh, Clancy and his undead cohort. Um, you guys look over at Cuddy and he looks like a little downtrodden not to have... Uh, spunky, kind of following him around like he normally does. What's the matter, Cuddy? You miss your dog? Well, yeah, he was kind of annoying at first, but, you know, he 
hasn't peed on my leg or anything. Kind of, kind of, kind of like having him around, you know. Feeling all right? You got something stuck in your wooden nostrils? Uh. What do we have to do next? What, what's what's next on our list? We dealt with the golem. We got the damn grave bloom bullshits. What do we need next? Bugbears or something? Cuddy catches up with you. Uh, yeah, bugbears and um, something about a, a wizard looking for assistance with something. Oh yeah, we got um either. You know, we could go outside the town and go fight some bugbears, or the uh, there's a wizard in town that gets looking for assistance. Did they say what he needs assistance with? Uh, the 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 girl at the register's office said something about electricity. Well, Therm, you and I have electricity in our hands. You want to deal with that and then go kill some bugbears? Yeah, I mean, you got pretty beat up fighting that golem, so... I'll be alright. <clears throat> I'll be fine. But yeah, let's let's go pay him a visit. Okay, so you guys just make it south following the, the normal path right where that farm was. You find a Do smaller... I pass that statue again? Um, yes, you would end up uh, passing the... Uh, Oh, was the owl? Owl, shaped, uh, owl, owl vaguely, shaped yeah, yeah, yeah. To 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 whoever's artistic mind that was, it's okay. Not I, a... I shake my head and spit on it again. <laughs> that's karma. That's, that's and I want to look at it. I want to look at it and see if I can find who made it. Um. All right. Yeah. So you see, so you you take your time and look around. You know, you're used to. You know, stone giants kind of putting their their mark on it, and it looks like you can't notice any other weird etchings of it. It's it's very very crude. Like if you didn't know it was an owl, you didn't know what like an owl looked like by you know people pointing that out to you, it would look like some weird giant eyes with some weird looking ears on it, and you would have no idea. I pat its head and then get up and spit on it again. <laughs> <laughs> Three times the charm, maybe this time it'll come alive. Can we move along, please? Fine, but do you see that thing? Yes, it looks like a piece of shit. Your pieces of shit. Let's go. I'm I'm gonna fix this before we leave. Fuck. Fine, but later, please. Alright, let's go. Alright, so you guys just follow that short path back into town. You guys are starting to see the register's office up ahead of you to the right. Um, and you were told over near one of the uh, inns in town. There is a... Uh, so you guys, uh, after the register told you that um, the wizard in question was was located near, uh, near a general store, a general goods store called the Rolling Wheel. And uh, Cuddy... Uh, just leans over and mentions to you that he saw it in that same kind of area where the cobblestone path goes off, kind of like where you went to that bar. So you know it's in that general area. So do we knock or do I just send a lightning bolt through his front door? Uh, I could but... probably set one up and just, you know, through all of these buildings and all of our troubles and we just leave. 
uh, I, I don't think that's the that's the best idea. I mean, we're we are surrounded by a bunch of uh, spellcasters, and probably, you know, no offense, Nick's probably a lot lot stronger than you. Cuddy, they stole our dog. And they've Look, got I'm, annoying I'm as fucking a, dragon. I I, I'm as upset as you are about that, but we I guess we got to do this. We just got to take care of this, and then you know maybe we'll get some answers. Who knows? Or maybe after we're able to go in there, we grab it and run. Okay. Fine. As you, as you guys have been, as you guys have been having this conversation, you've been walking, um, and you see kind of this like older building, and you see. The uh, the rolling wheel, and it's, it looks like any other generic shop that you found on the surface. It has like a little sign on the front with like a wagon wheel on it. Nothing too fancy, um, but right next to it is this very like strange looking building. Like the windows seem too large, um, the the door seems too small for it. it. Like it looks like a mishmash of different architectural designs that just got mashed into this like modest looking home next to this general story. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Who the fuck designed this town? I don't know. I mean, you, you see the elven design over there. Cuddy points to the towers. You got the humans over here, and elves made their stuff over there, and I don't, I don't know who the fuck made this one. But, you know, if, if I had to bet, this is, this is the wizard's place. <sighs> well, you would know. I'm just going to and... go over and start pounding on the door. Alright, you pound on the door, and on the third pound, the door, like, just opens without a sound. Like, you, there was some force to the door when you are hitting it, and then all of a sudden, it's as if the door was never latched to begin with, and it opens right up. And very bright light beams out onto the street. It's, it's I think, afternoon. I could be totally wrong on this, but if I was keeping track of time, it's probably mid to late afternoon at this point. This brighter than the outside hits you from within. Cut it, you first. I can't. I can't yeah, I don't shit. like this. Okay, put 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 your hands like this in front of your eyes. Maybe that'll help out a little bit. Uh, Yeah, not really helping here, bud. Okay, so let me... Maybe there's an off switch for this or something on the inside. Let me, let me, go, let me go check. Cut it goes on the inside and the light's coming from further inside. It looks like it's some sort of device on the wall, but uh, uh, when you come in here, there's a, a place on the side to uh, take off shoes. Um, from what I know about people on the surface, uh, you should probably take off your shoes before coming in here. I'm not going in there until the light is off. I can't see shit. Okay. Oh, and I'm, oh, all right. And you just see the the silhouette of, of Cuddy that was blocking a portion of the light just kind of disappear into the brightness and you hear like some like tinkering and then you hear you, you see the the light shift and then you hear like glass shatter and the what the light goes out <laughs> got it thanks Cody let's step in and as you step in you see it's it's like a little square it's almost like a a little like closet to hang your coat and everything right in the front and a little carpet off to the side and there's a couple pairs of shoes there and you see the uh, the the kind of like basic shoes that Cuddy was wearing he had already taken his off and you look over and there's there's barefoot Cuddy uh, kneeling on the floor and it looks like this like what used to be a larger crystal is now just shattered into like a million pieces on the ground I can't honestly say I care about that 
Hello? Is anybody home? Down the hall. You you see where, where Cuddy is? And it looks like it's like a T intersection and that crystal was like hanging on a sconce. Um, so there's a left and a right to take. And you just hear coming from that direction. Yes, um, did, did you did you take your shoes off? Barely stepped into the house. We're told you need help. Uh, yes, yes, come in, take your shoes off. Uh, mind the broken crystal. Uh, you know, I don't know what the hell happened there, but don't worry about it. I'm, uh, are you here for the posting? I'm quite desperate, you see. I, I can see that. So why do I have to take my shoes off? Uh, so you don't trick dirt in the house. I use prestidigitation and clean all the dirt off my shoes. There's nothing on my shoes, I promise you. Okay. And you see uh, Cuddy disappears off to the left. And he kind of like points in that direction as he disappears around. Yeah, he's over here, guys. Come on over. Hey, Nex. Want to help brother out? All right. I use prestidigitation (laughs) three times because I can only do a square foot at a time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thrum's got massive freaking feet. Hey, you know what they say about big feet? Uh, and I really don't. <laughs> Remember, sheltered life, grew up basically in, a, in an academy, doing nothing but studying a couple hundred years, all that crap. Yeah, no idea. Big boots. Yeah, I can see that. I just had to clean them. <laughs> can we move on? So I'll follow, we'll follow Cuddy, or at least I will. Okay. So you hear the uh, crunching as like the crystal is getting more ground up underneath your feet. And uh, you, you go around the corner and you actually see Cuddy like shrinking his body down a little bit. And in front of him, you see kind of like this uh, square room, but it has a very tall ceiling in it. And you almost get the impression, just like that wizard's tower, that there's some sort of like extra dimensional shift here where it's like bigger on the inside than it is on the outside um and it it looks to be some sort of like laboratory from the look of it uh in the center of the room there's like a table and on the table is a is a a very intricate staff that's just sitting there and cuddy is walking over to a a large portly dwarf that's off to the side that looks like there's a lectern he's sitting up there and like writing on a book and he, he's he's looking down. Uh, he's not looking at the edge, but he's looking at your shoes as you guys are coming up. And then he, he realizes that your shoes are pretty clean. And then he looks up at you. And he's wearing a, a straight blue button-up shirt. And it's rolled up to the elbows. And he's got, you know, these nice hairy forearms that, you know, if you've seen typical dwarves, they're uh, super hairy and, you know, don't really look clean-shaven ever. Uh, and he's wearing black slacks with uh, suspenders on them, and it's a it's a weird dwarven choice of uh, of colors and clothing types that you just it looks strange on him. Uh, he has a horseshoe hair of brown, where he's got the bald spot in the front, and the hair goes around, and he looks a little annoyed that you guys are still wearing shoes. Or you're assuming it's that. And he, and he walks over and he, he shakes Cuddy's hand and he goes over to shake both of your hands too. He goes, Pontiff, Pontiff the Stout. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Pontiff. Wow. Don't worry about our shoes. I used magic to clean them and the last thing you want is for this guy to take off his shoes. Ah, uh, prestidigitation. What a what a good trick that is. What a good trick. Um, 
What what are your names? I'm Nix. Grim. Ah, good good to meet you. Uh so you're here about the the posting, correct? Yeah. Alright, well I'm a I'm a what you call an, an evocation specialist. Uh I know all about fire, ice. I've been around for a while and I don't know a lot about electricity. And I like to round out my abilities. Um see, I've pretty much run out of ideas how to transfer the magic energy from that over there. And he points to the table. And behind the table is a very large jar about like half the size of Thrym with like a cork on the top. And it looks like ball lightning inside of it. He's like, well, I, I, I don't know how to get that energy into the staff. I, I want to start out simple. I don't, I don't, you know, using a staff. I'm not sure if you're familiar with using the magical energies and items, but you know, you cast from that. You don't expend your own resources. I figure I'd start with that. But uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, to be honest. But I was hoping uh, some knowledgeable folk would be able to kind of help me with ideas on what I need to do. You see, I know for a fact he, he brings you over, he waves you over to the lectern with a book. There are four steps that are involved in this. But uh, like I said, I've, I've run out of ideas. I've gotten electrocuted more times I'd like to talk about. I've got a couple puffs of hair in my body that uh, haven't quite settled down from the last zap, if you know what I mean. All right. Nix's entire demeanor just totally shifts. Full study mode. I am examining this jar up and down. Okay. How, and how did you get the lightning in the jar? Oh, oh that, that, that wasn't me. Uh, I had to order this special from uh, Neverwinter. Hmm. Must have cost you quite a fortune. Uh, 7,000 gold, actually. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you're trying to enchant a staff using natural electricity? Uh, well, uh, I don't know necessarily if it's natural. Uh, I also uh, purchased this book over here. and Like I said, there, there's four steps involved. Um, but I, I'm I'm not familiar with 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 harnessing electricity. Can I take uh, a look at the book? Absolutely, and he and he shows you it, and, and it's a book, and throughout all the gibberish, and you know, it's kind of like a recipe online where it goes into someone's life story before Ugh. it gets to what you need. You're flipping through, <laughs> and you finally see where actually his bookmark is, and it's right where the four steps are, and you're seeing that the four steps are imbuing the magic essence into the staff, engraving the staff with the proper runes, carefully applying a lacquer to the staff without drawing the energy out, and discharging the staff to get rid of any static electrical charge in it. So I, at this point, um, do, you, do you share this with the party, those steps? I'm... Studying the book, have I read it before? Uh, no, it's it's in not part it's of in, my teachings. It's not part of your teachings, no. It, like, like I said, in a, in a weird way, it's almost like written like a recipe, where it's like this very very common, you know, like yeah. it's it, it's this almost like matter of fact information, versus yeah. when you when you've read books that talk about knowledge of magic, it's more closely guarded and it's very to the point. They don't fuck around with how they word things in it. And this is very much in like, 
you know, like slang during the introduction and everything. And like the four steps are just so like, yep, all you got to do, put the magic essence in the staff, engrave it with the runes, apply the lacquer and just, and that's it. That's uh, and that's it. You got a beautiful staff of electricity. It's like a cup of flour refers to a specific cup in grandma's cupboard, not a measured cup. But like this one particular ceramic cup, she happened to sit around and the measurement worked out. Uh-huh. Yes, that bullshit. And and if you weren't a basic, you know, if you weren't a magic user, this whole thing, of course, would be gibberish. But you could you could easily tell somebody who was maybe like gullible enough to try could potentially get themselves killed by following these directions without knowing what they need to do. Yeah. You mind if I try something? Uh, Oh, oh, it depends. Um, uh, we really need to follow these four steps to to get it involved. What, what, what do you have in mind? I was just going to try and put electricity directly into the staff. You may break the staff doing that. That's not uh, how yes. it works. Yes, th- this precise magical essence needs to go into this staff. Um, I've got the proper runes to etch in. Um, thing is, I'm I'm just not very good at applying them either. That's like I said. I I need that. That's. I think that's where you'll come in, Thrym. Your masonry skills and carving skills may come in handy for etching those runes. So, uh, so now that you guys are all kind of familiar, Cuddy's been looking over your shoulder too. Uh, this uh, will be a skill challenge. So yeah. you need to complete the four steps before three failures. So uh, you need to use skills to apply towards helping him imbue it with magic and following the steps. You can use the same skill twice, but the DC goes up. And more than one person can help. Alright. What's the first not, step? Not at, not at any steps, so you won't get advantage of it, but like, you know, like, you, like, Cuddy could do the first step. Uh, yeah, the runes could be Nyx if you wanted to and, and stuff like that. So the first step is uh, getting the magic essence into the staff. I think that's where I'm going to come in handy, since I handle lightning and big lightning pretty often. I think this is somewhere I got to step in. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not keen cutting points over. I'm not too keen on uh, touching that big ball inside that jar. So I'm just going to step over here. Don't worry, Cuddy. We'll let you put the glaze on the big wooden stick. Sure, you're used to that. Ooh, glaze. All right. Give me the staff. And uh, Pontiff goes over and he and he picks it up gingerly. Then he just hands it right to you, Nix. All right. How do I go about enchanting this? So you choose uh, a skill. Um, a skill that you think will be appropriate for doing that task. So for getting the task, magic. For I'm gonna this... go with. I'm gonna go with Arcana. Okay. For for damn sure, I'm I'm doing something magic based on this one. Okay. Ouch. Ten. Ten. All right. So, uh, like, describe how you would how you would do that. I'm trying to get the electrical essence into the staff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hold the staff in one hand and put my other hand on the jar and try to see if I can take the magical essence of the natural lightning, pass it through me, and transfer into magical electricity into the staff using myself as a conduit. Okay. So you're standing between. I'm standing between one hand on the staff, one hand on the jar. I'm okay. probably gonna get zapped, but 
and use myself as a conduit. Okay, so you you go ahead and do that. So you're holding the staff like in like your left hand and your right hand on the jar, or, or vice yep. versa. Yep. Okay, so you guys you you guys, uh, Thrim and Cuddy sees this too. You uh, Nix goes over and then gingerly he takes because you wear gloves, right? Typically, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you see you see Nix gingerly take the gloves off and and place them in a pocket and then he puts his hand and he just very forcefully slams it up against there as if to trigger something and you see the ball lightning zip right up against the glass and you hear like this like thunk as it it's almost like drawn to his hand and you slowly start to see the ball lightning get brighter as it's getting smaller and you start to see like a glow in Nix's hand as you can now see that the electric current is starting to pass through Nix's body. Um, with that roll, uh, you take uh, six points of electric thunder or electric Light, damage? Lightning damage, lightning I'm damage. Sure. Yeah, you know that a little better than I do. Um, yes. so you take, uh, six points of lightning damage as the yeah. electricity pulses through you. It's mostly the roll that caused the damage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all of a sudden, you see it arc through you. You almost see like a skeletal frame of Nyx as it, it it zigzags up and down and diagonal through his body and then finally out of his other arm and then imbues into the staff, which is now uh, arcing with uh, electricity that occasionally is like zipping out. It's almost reminding you of the uh, the creature that you found the Blinks room with, how it zips and zaps around this object now instead of a creature's body. And Pontiff that, looks over, um, he goes, that's it, that's it! Step one done, step one done! Yeah, it's done, it's done. Nobody touched the staff yet. What's next? Uh, <laughs> uh, and he runs over and excitedly uh, points. He goes, all right, uh, uh, place it on the table, the, the next step. We need to engrave it with the proper runes. Here, I, I have the page right here. And I just very slowly, gingerly walk over holding this staff so I don't drop it and electrocute everybody in the room. <laughs> and place it on the pedestal. I'm just like, ah. Cuddy <laughs> is, is how you were between the staff and the jar. Cuddy is between Thrym and the wall. As he's like <laughs> peeking out to like watch this. All right. Oh, that that stung. Okay, what what what's next? Pontiff goes over and places a piece of paper on the table that the staff is on. He goes, "These runes need to be placed right along here," and he just kind of points to the the center of the staff, up and down. Grim, I need your rune carving. I'm I'm ah, I can't do this. All right. Yeah. So I'll pull out Cuddy's dagger. But I still have. Hey, you ever plan on giving that back there? You said you didn't want it. Uh, I don't know. We just lost the dog. I'm getting a little sentimental right now. But yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little distracted. Uh, I'm just gonna pick my teeth with it again to remind him why he doesn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just like before. So now you kind of got a sense of it. So I need you to describe what you're doing. And give me a roll based on uh, a skill that you think would be appropriate for this. Hmm. Well, I'm going to take the dagger and, like, have the runes next to me and then carve them into it. 
Okay. I'm trying to think what would be a good. I don't know about your skill set, but I would go for with performance. It makes sense to the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was actually thinking nature because it's wood, <laughs> but because you need to know the grain of the wood to get the carving correct and what. Uh... Not a bad point. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with the wood type, you would know how hard to press. But we're not because we're familiar with rocks. Yeah. I mean, you guys know boners now, but... We do. We know boners yeah. very well. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll... Oh, God. I'm going to have to go with... <laughs> yeah. I don't think athletics would be a thing. Just I did it really quick. No. <laughs> people's elbows the staff. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with performance. Oof. Sure. All right. Give me that roll. Come on. Oh fuck! Oh, a fuck. nine. Nine? Yeah. All right. So you you go to do it. You pick. You get get the uh, the dagger, and you are examining the runes. And as you go to place it down, you pierce the staff just a little bit, and you immediately get jolted by the fact that the dagger still has like liquid from your mouth when you picked the dagger and it conducted right up into your arm. God. So you take three points of lightning damage. And that is your first failure. <laughs> so that step still needs to be completed. I don't know. Maybe Cuddy, better dexterity, picking locks. You want to give it a shot? Maybe your uh, hands are more steady. Yeah, what? Are you okay there? That looked like it hurt. Nah, just little zap. Oh, you remember? Yeah. You remember when I put my hand on you at the bar? Yeah. Uh, imagine about a sixteenth of that. Oh, that's oh okay. That's that's nothing. He walks over, and as he's getting closer, though, like he would build his confidence up a little bit. And then Cuddy starts to, like, you can almost see his, like, hands start to do, like, this little, like, shake. Like, he's trying to, like, n nerve himself up to do this. Goes, I, I don't know about you guys, man. but uh, electricity really isn't really isn't my thing. This is for Spunky Man. Oh. All right, all right. So he takes out uh, the dagger that he, he uses, and he, like, looks over, <laughs> and he, like, wipes it on his jerkin to, like, clean it off a little bit. He's all right. Let's see here. He takes the piece of paper off the desk and like looks at it, squints at it, gets it real close. He goes, "All right." So uh, Cuddy is going to be using a sleight of hand to dexterously try to etch the runes into. He's gonna do it secretly. He's good. <laughs> no one's gonna see it. Uh, he got a fifteen plus sleight of hand. His sleight of hand is six. The and fuck, then, man! And then hold on. <laughs> oh no, that's with he, yeah, because he has expertise. Yeah, so that's friggin'. He had twenty-one on that. So as you see it, it like it, it's almost like surgeon-esque as he's like just etching these in, and he's actually moving at a really brisk speed, as if he's just done this a hundred million times before. And and before you know it, in a matter of a couple minutes, 
uh, a very long line of complicated runes are now etched all along the side of the staff. He goes, well, huh, that that was easy. He takes a step back. And uh, now that now that that's happened, um, the 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 arcs of electricity have actually faded in it. Um, you both understand from from being around magical auras, this thing is giving off uh, 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 an immense amount of energy that you can just kind of feel it, you know, through your senses. Um, and Cuddy Cuddy kind of gets a little sense of it, and he like backs off, and Pontiff looks. Like like a, a kid in Christmas, he goes, okay, okay, halfway there, halfway there. Uh, now, uh, and he looks back at the paper. Uh, we have to uh, apply a lacquer to the staff with, without drawing the energy out. He he goes over to a shelf that he has, and he has like a small like mason jar esque. He opens it up, and it, it, this this almost like disgusting like you know like the you know when they're like boiling leather and that nasty smell. It's almost like that. And he places it down on the table, and he looks expectantly at uh, all three of the party. Yeah, and I'm looking at my skills, wondering what the hell I can use for applying a lacquer. I'm just going to intimidate it on there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to animal just handle pouring it. it. Do it. Do it. You get on there. <laughs> I'm use acrobatics and do a backflip while I'm doing it. <laughs> it just right on there no no what you do is you throw the all the lacquer in the air and then you pick up the staff and just like twirl it around your head into the lacquer nice yeah i'll take a shot at this okay is there a brush with the lacquer or do i just pour it over oh yeah no sorry yeah i can get that too my my apologies i'm getting a little little ahead of myself and he runs over opens up a drawer and he brings over like five or six and slams them down for you. All right. I'll grab the finest tipped one that I have. Okay. It's going to be a little weird, but I'm going to do this slowly and accurately using my perception to keep an eye on the electrical arcs to make sure it's not going to arc out. Okay. So just very carefully applying the brush, going around the corners and the edges, being careful around the runes. I'm going to use perception for this one. Okay. 18. 18. So th this step takes longer than uh, Cuddy's. And as Nyx is doing this, it's yet again, it's you saw it with Cuddy, but now you're seeing it with Nyx. It's this very patient, very steady hand, like strokes with the brush. And the the way that you have to like kind of go inside the carved out runes, it's 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 as if you know like all the classes that you took in sorcerer for like handwriting and you know uh you know the ability to uh, to document things like that has there's really been kicking in for this as well and your attention to detail is like surreal uh not a single drop of the lacquer has dripped off um a couple times as you've gotten close to the end you've noticed like a little bit of surge of energy so you've stopped and then waited a few moments and then continued and it it looks a little wet currently, but it looks it looks beautiful. It looks a lot of a lot darker wood than it was before with this lacquer. And you're getting the sense that whatever this is, this lacquer is made to hold in an energy 
of of a magical item that that would allow like a discharge of it safely. All right, glad I didn't get out this time. What's Pontiff, next? Pontiff starts like doing like a little bit of like the pee pee dance where he's like moving his legs around, shuffling him. He's like getting super happy. He goes, "Oh, the last one, the last one. Here we go, boys. Here we go. Uh, so we have to somehow discharge the staff to get rid of any." remaining static electrical charge. Well, I mean, Clee can't use a magic item to save his life. Hey! He discharge it just by trying. Don't you remember the, uh... Don't you remember that duel that we had outside in Belliard? Yeah, and you failed miserably. Yeah, but I, I could kind of do it. You don't yeah. want me to go ahead? And he, he, like, starts to walk forward with, like, a smile on his face. Ah, uh, 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 put your hands down. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> He's like, D don't get, don't get this wrong, but uh, 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 honestly, this so this this spell should be, um, a higher level uh, lightning bolt, if I've got this correct. Um, so actually, just casting it from the staff might might be the way we need to go with this. Yeah, all right, so Cuddy definitely shouldn't do that because he'll blow a hole in the town. I mean, I kind of just memorize things and do them. You're the more, like, actual mage caster thing. Like, All right, so this one's on me. I mean, I'll, I can try, but it seems more like your type of thing. I'll give it a shot, but you be at the ready with a health potion if this backfires on me. Uh, yeah, maybe. I got a couple in my pouch. You can take one out of my pouch. It's fine. Okay. So, Pontiff, you think this has a high-level lightning bolt in it? Ah, uh, yes. It's not a. It's not your traditional, you know, little little baby spell lightning bolt. This this is a a much more powerful version of it. That's what the runes okay. etched in should uh should discharge out of it. All right. Yeah, I use lightning bolt on a regular basis. Can we step outside? So I can point this to the sky. We set that off in here, and we are killing ourselves and people. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why the hell I'm trying to learn electricity, to be honest with you. But yeah, you're probably right. Uh, there's a there's a there's a backyard over here. We could probably maybe shoot at a tree or something. All right, fine. That that works just fine. He, he brings you out uh, one of the the hallways in the back of the laboratory. And it's like this, like super small doorway that the pontiff, pontiff himself, can barely reach over. He goes, "Ah, oh, sorry, uh, uh, big guy, uh, you're gonna have to maybe squeeze through here if you want to come outside with us." Can I squeeze through there? Ah, uh, yes, but it's gonna, you're gonna have to like get on your hands and knees and like put one limb out at a time. It's, it's a really tight fit for you. I'll do it. The, I can't. the entire time you're doing it, Cuddy's behind you, kind of snickering the whole time. I can't wait to break the doorframe back at that office. I can't wait for you to break that doorframe either. Get this over with. Oh, so you weren't joking with that? Why would Why would I have been joking? I, I, I don't know. Well, like you said, remember, uh, remember our dog. Remember Spunky. They stole Spunky. I know, but... Yeah, do whatever. I'll, I'll I'll be ready to grab him if we need to. Yeah. Uh, I'll do it after we have him. Okay. I'm ready. 
right. So Pontiff right, brings you out. It's like this basic fenced-in backyard, and you can see that there's like portions of the ground that are scorched with fire, and there's like grass on the left-hand side that looks like it has like a like a freezer burnt effect on it. So you can tell he's also been out here like messing with his spells on an occasional basis. And he points to the back, and there's like this like massive dead tree just in the back of his backyard, and and there's not a lot of houses around him. But to the uh, to the right of the yard is like the back of the establishment of the the business there. Um, but it's it's not in the direction of the tree, so you feel confident if you were to try to fire at the tree, uh, it would be it wouldn't be uh, in too does much the, danger of setting the, tree, the town on fire. Does the tree stand alone? It does. Yes. All right. Perfect. Uh, perfect target practice for you. You have no sentimental. You know, connection with this tree? Uh, no, I'm I'm not a druid by any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Perfect. And I point the staff, and I just kind of focus and fire it off. All right. So, what what skill are you using for that? That's a good fucking question. <laughs> <laughs> you can use Arcana again, but the DC will go up if you do. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go with performance. Okay. Just a. As best as I can, whatever magical, like, gesticulations I have to incorporate into this as best as I possibly can to make sure that I do everything correctly so that it doesn't blow my dick off. Okay. I lost my dick. Oh, no. <laughs> Nine. Nine. So you, t- uh, up until this point, Pontiff... Uh, did you walk out with the staff? Yeah. Okay. So you just you take the staff and you almost like do that like what is it the honor guard that have like they have like the the staffs there and you like twirl it in the air and then you crook it underneath your your armpit and then try to fire it in like this like very like suave way and you just feel like this like feedback zap into you and that is six points of lightning damage. Forcing through your body from that. Uh, oh, Ponda! Oh shit! That looked like it hurt. Yeah, yeah, it really <clears throat> did. <laughs> Ow! Do you want me to do this again, Thrym, or do you want to give it a shot? <clears throat> uh, okay. Do you, want, do you want me to try? Uh, I really don't. No, no, no I'm just, I'm just kidding. That looks like it hurt a lot. Oh, you fuck it. Thrym, you got any ideas? This just this, this fucking hurts. This daggone, daggone thing. I mean, you guys want to try it? You just hear la- laughter from my ears. He goes, fuck no, I'm not touching that. Look, I don't know how many backfires I can take right now. I, I'll give it a go. Uh, what do I have? You could use athletics to fight the backfire. That's kind of what I was thinking. I want to try and use athletics on it. Okay. Fight the backfire and keep it pointed in one direction. It's like a flamethrower on its highest setting. Just like grab it and hold on to it real tight. We're talking about the staff, right? Oh, yes, we are. One on the staff, one on the shaft. 
Uh, I hope you wrap your staff. 19. 19. So you, w- without the, the pomp and circumstance that uh, that Nyx had with Twiven, you just grab it with both arms and you aim it right at the tree and you brace your legs on the ground and you just close your eyes and you just, with the way that you conjure spells through thunder and do it that way that you've just kind of picked up on, you just focus on all of that and this massive deafening blast echoes out uh Everyone is knocked on their asses from this blast. The tree just smashes, and there's a flame on the bottom trunk that had ripped right off from it. All around you, these smaller dead limbs are falling all around you. And you just hear Pontiff laughing. And he 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 goes over and he grabs the staff from you, Thrym. And he looks it over, he goes, he goes, I think that's it! And he takes it and he like hits it on the ground. He see, he finds a rock and like whacks the staff against it. No, no, you guys did it! You did it! <laughs> he gets all excited and he runs over and he and he, and he hugs you next. Ah, touching, yeah. touching. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, you're not like that. And, and Cuddy runs over and he, he reaches over and grabs the dwarf and hugs him too. And <laughs> they're both kind of dancing around each other with the staff. Cuddy really getting into it. It was excellent. You, you guys did it. I'm, oh, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Come, come on in. Let's go. And he, he actually goes up and put, offers you a hand for him to get you up. I'll like take it, but like, I'll actually let him try and like lift me up without doing any effort. So it's just dead okay. weight. Uh, okay. I rolled for that. There is no pull on that hand grip at all like he is 100% through and through wizard like nothing in that grip but he's like yanking uh, on you and 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 he he kind of feels like he had a, he had a help in getting you back up on your feet again and then I'll slowly like start to make it look like he's pulling me up while getting up myself <laughs> alright so you do that he like gets all puffy cool. and like excitable come on in come on in he brings you guys back and you, through him yet again, you have to like, like do the limbo to kind of get in the doorway. He brings you back in the laboratory and he places the, the staff back on that front table. He goes, all right, well, what, uh, what exactly uh, did, did, did you guys take that job for? We have to get into the tower. Oh, so you're doing things for the register. Sure. Oh, I see. Yeah, they charge an arm and a leg to, to kind of get in that facility nowadays. It's kind of it's kind of garbage if you ask me. I mean, you know, you're over here helping a, a poor idiot like myself with some electricity. You guys are getting zapped all over the place. I tell you what, hold on a minute. He, he goes through and he goes back to the same drawer that he had the, uh, the, the, the brushes in. And he takes a couple things out, pieces of paper. And then he it looks like he pulls out a, uh, a scroll case. And he, he walks it over, and he just hands it right to you. He's like, oh, I, I don't know about you, big guy, but I, I know you, you'll you probably find some use for this. And he, he hands you a uh, scroll case. Okay. What's in it? Right, so you take you take the time. He's like, he's like oh, well, if you'll excuse me, uh, if you wouldn't mind letting yourselves out, I got to maybe go blow up a couple more trees with that thing. <laughs> he grabs it, and he walks off to another separate room. Yeah, um, you have fun blowing those boners. All right, yeah, you, you take care now. 
Don't, uh, don't let those idiots across the, the water push you around too much, right? Yeah. Yeah, all right. There's a reason I kind of live on this side, if you ask me. <laughs> and uh, as you guys are... Blame you. As you guys are walking out, Cuddy looks over. He's, he actually gave you something for that? I figure we're doing all this pro bono. Why would we be doing this for pieces of wood? Uh, 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 never, n never mind. Uh, figure of speech, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. As you guys are are walking back out the uh, the smaller door, but it's not as bad as that back door for Uthrim, uh, you open up the scroll case, and he had, after looking at it and kind of examining the writing on it, uh, he gave you a scroll of fireball. <laughs> Patrick finally got his way. Nick says fireball. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. I don't know about right. you guys, but I kind of want that staff. We'll get it later. Well, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> saying get it now. Nah, we'll let him have his fun and then, you know. Besides, he's probably going to use it all up today and it takes a day to recharge, so it'd be useless to you today anyway. And right as you say that, you hear another deafening blast come from the other side of the house and you just hear this, yeah! He's going to kill himself. He's going to kill himself, I swear. Well, that makes getting the staff easier. Yeah, you'll True. easily be able to go over that crispy dead body of his and grab the staff. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, anyway, I, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm. He looks over and the, and the sun is starting to set at this point. He goes, I'm, I'm kind of beat up from, uh, from that tower. I don't know about you guys, but maybe we should get some shut-eye. I mean, I don't want to, you know keep us away from spunky for too long but i could probably use a couple hours of rest you know what making that lightning rod beat me up more than the tower did but yeah i i i, I need to sleep and you guys uh as you as you're walking uh you remember that two inches of, uh the gilded horseshoe is like right down the street where you had uh found out the name of the dragon and that was a uh, that was an inn as well as a as a bar. Yeah. All right. Let's. Um... Oh, Jim. Tired. Yeah. I could use some sleep. You want a drink? I could use a drink too. All right. All right. So you guys uh, walk back over, and Cuddy is still looking towards the house. He goes. I keep expecting to see, you know, plumes of smoke come from the back of the house, but nothing yet. You guys go into the Gilded Horseshoe. And there are actually people here this time versus the last time. There was just that girl at the counter. Um, the funny thing about everyone here, there's maybe just about half a dozen people, a couple elves, uh, one dwarf, and a couple humans. Um, and they're all wearing blue robes. Like every single one of them, the same type of blue robe. And you see a uh, uh, a halfling, which is very rare for people on the surface. Halflings usually don't go off from their towns all that much, but uh, Cuddy like kind of amusedly points out that that's a halfling behind the bar, like serving drinks to people. Male or female? A male. Ah, damn it! Sorry, sorry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go up and get a drink. 
Hey there, big guy. Ah. What do you want? Strongest stuff you got. Strongest shit. What did uh? What? Fuck. I'm I'm new here. My name's my name's Tommy. Remember that name? I'm gonna be fucking famous one of these days. You got it? No. Is your friends? Is your friends coming over? They're gonna sit there about like a bunch of assholes too, huh? Hey, Cuddy, you want a drink? No, but I'll hang out with you. Maybe we can... I can watch you get drunk or something. Never heard you turn down a drink before. Nah, I'm still a little, a little concerned about Spunky. Fair enough. Alright, yeah, I got, I got some shit for you. And he goes over and he pulls out some, like... It's like, uh... Kind of like what you got served earlier. And I remember the name of it. You ever, you ever seen uh, Goldschlager? How it's got like uh, the sparkles in it and shit like that. It's very similar to that. Like it's got some like gold sparkles, like swirling around in the mug that he poured from the cask. I'll, I'll take a small sip of it. What does it taste like? It almost takes tastes kind of metallic to you. Like you could definitely tell there there is some probably some sort of mineral in this. What is this made out of? Uh, I don't fucking know. Give me that. And he takes it and he like looks at it. And he like takes a sip out of that. Oh, no, that just I don't know if you thought that was gold, but that really isn't gold. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't think this will really give you the shits, though. Yeah. Fuck it. So I just down the entire thing. Cutty leans over. Hey, if that gives you the shit, you're gonna kick his ass? I don't know. Maybe. I'm definitely not paying for it. Wait, when I what? say I, I'm not paying for something you took a drink out of. Oh, okay, cool. He grabs it, he just guzzles <laughs> it, and pours you a brand new one and puts it down. Alright, I'll drink that one. Hey, alright. I think that's, uh, that's like five silver of my little log here. He takes out a piece of paper and he's like looking at it. Yeah, no, this one, this one's, yeah, five silver. How many rooms you got? Uh, we're empty right now and these all, these yokels I think live in town here. You're looking for, for a place to stay? You, uh, you, you and, uh, Mr. Woodman here? I have my buddy back there. What the... Tall, dark, and dangerous over there with that little brooding grimace all over his face. Yeah, that pretty much describes him. All right, you guys split in a room or you guys want separate rooms? Uh, how big is the room we'd split? Uh, I think it's got four beds. You're, you're going to have a little bit of a harder time, but I think if you kind of crouch in there, you might be okay. All right, we'll take that one. All right. Yeah, it's, uh, that's 20 gold for the night. An expensive place, dude. Oh, this is a kind of hub of trade. Nice, nice to meet you over there. Finally talking, Tommy, Tommy Noble. You know me? You heard of me? Huh? No, no, I haven't heard of you. And twenty gold is excessively expensive for a room. It's on the, it's on, it's on the paper here. As he, as he's pointing that out, Cuddy kind of like has a thoughtful look on his head, and he goes, "Nah, never heard of you." What are you, some small-time crook or something? 
Well, no, why would I be asking you if it hurt of me if I'm going to steal shit? No, I'm freaking, I'm Tommy Noble. I'm an adventurer. You know, I'm just stopping here, getting a little bit of coin, and uh, heading back out on the road. I'm going to, you know, kick the shit out of some, uh, you know, big fucking creatures or something. Maybe I heard that there's some stone giants out south. Maybe I'll go give them a one-two. Those are the those are the savage ones, right? And he, like, looks over at you, Thrym. I mean, one, I wouldn't try that. No? You don't, you don't think I could take one of you? I mean, I think you'd have a rough time taking me, never mind them. Wait, what? Oh, oh, shit, are they bigger than you, or...? Yeah, like, double to almost triple the size. What the fuck? I've been given the wrong information! You ever try and catch a rock bigger than me? Uh, well, no, I have a hard time catching freaking rocks half the size of me. What the hell? Shit! Because those are what you're gonna get thrown at you. What the fuck? They told me to come down here, and then there's fucking savage-ass creatures down there. They, they didn't tell me they'd be bigger than you. But, I mean, I don't know. If you go there and play nice, you might be able to find some work. Oh, I like money. I like money. It's a good thing. Gets me places. All right. Fuck it. You know what? I'm probably going to get fired for this, but five gold, huh? How about that? I put the five gold on the counter and I walk upstairs. Hey. And, uh, Thrim, roll me a perception check. 21. 21. Uh, you notice, um, and you look over at Cuddy, he's not really paying attention. He's just kind of like glancing at the people in the blue robes. Uh, you notice that two of those gold pieces out of the five uh, get put into Tommy Noble's pocket. Uh. What? What? What are you? What are you growing for? You gonna? You gonna? You gonna shit yourself through him? No, just our bartenders just take a little under the table. How loud do you say that? Oh, like just normal speaking voice. All right. He like like Cuddy like ducks his head down after you said that, and he looks around and it doesn't seem like anyone's heard that. There's oh, uh, interesting thing to, to point out in the middle of a common room. Maybe we should talk about this upstairs, huh, buddy? Fair. I'll just get up and start going upstairs. And Cuddy gets up. He goes, well, stay, uh, stay honest, Tommy. <laughs> he just grins at him and, and walks up the stairs. And he, uh, Cuddy catches up with you. He goes, hey, man, uh, look, why, why'd you say that so loud? I mean, you know, that guy, that guy's... If he's stealing, it, he's kind of like me. You were the one that were teaching me, tr preaching to me about morals. Well, yeah, but you know, maybe his bosses are pieces of shit or something. And I mean, the guy's trying to make a, a living for himself. But I mean, no, if you want, want if you want him to stop doing that, like you know, pull 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 him aside and do that. But don't don't piss off the city of wizards. I tried to charge us twenty gold. And he pocketed two gold out of the five. So how much do you think a room actually costs here? I don't know. I mean, he had that little sheet. I mean, that guy looks green as hell working here. Maybe this is his first day here, but, you know, he had all the lists of uh, alcohol prices and stuff on there. Maybe the price mm. really was 20 gold. Maybe. The, cl the closer we get to Neverwinter and all those cities on the coast, the, the more expensive shit gets. Well, I mean, I guess the main thing is if you're going to 
if you're gonna steal things, be good at it. That I wouldn't. That have, I wouldn't have caught you stealing them. Oh, never, never, never catch me catch me stealing out of anyone's nose. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I stole later, but you'll never catch me in the act. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe in, if he heard me, he'll be carefuler next time. I mean, that guy clearly has a death wish. I mean, going after stone, you know, he kind of talked about stone giants pretty harshly to you. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah. Well, if he gets his ass kicked, he gets his ass kicked, right? Yeah. Anyway, and then as he, like, opens the door to the perceived room, that, that, that the larger room, he sees you, uh, Nyx. He points, he goes, what's with all the dude in the bl- blue robes? You notice that? They're probably from the academy. It's like a, like a dress code thing, you think, or...? I don't know. Half of the academies out there are like cults. The one I went to was basically a cult. Oh. They, de- you... they demand obedience and conformance and just if you don't do things their way you're not doing it right and they'll kick you out. So yeah, it's kind of like a uniform kind of like brainwashing. It's just it's a whole long line of bullshit that I don't feel like going into right now. Oh. Well, at least you probably didn't have to kill babies, right? Yeah, I'm going to bed. Oh. He looks with him. Did he have to kill babies? I don't know. Okay. That's you ever wondered if babies taste good? <clears throat> I don't. Well... You ever... They, they sometimes serve baby cows on the surface here, but... What kind of babies are you talking about? I don't know. Like, just things we used to eat back home. We'd always, like, back in the Underdark, we always just used to eat, like, the fucking grown ones, and they'd always be tough and all this and that. So I was always wondering if the baby ones were just better to eat. I mean, probably. You know, if they don't have the thick layer of muscle or, you know, all the fat from being on a farm or something, depending on what you ate. Ew, that's... I, should've, I, should've I was kept worried that you were going to say Stone Marauder. I was worried you were going to say like humanoid babies or something. I mean, I don't discriminate. Yeah. All right. Well, the sooner we get this done, the sooner we can get back, Spunky. And Cuddy sits in a chair and just kind of like places his hands on his lap, and you you can tell he goes into like that maintenance mode that he does. And Putty is out. So you said there was four beds in here? Yeah, you count, and there are two. And a table. I'm not going to fit on one of those beds, am I? Uh, no, your your feet are going to dangle off at, like, the, the knee point. Alright, I'm going to take the table and shove it over to the end of the bed. <laughs> And then lay down on the bed with my legs on the table. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so y'all gonna have a good night's rest. Yeah. Alright. I don't have to reset anything for Cuddy. Except hit points. Alright, so you guys have a restful 
Nice. I'm presuming you guys are taking the long rest, right, for the morning? Yeah. Well, I've gone into meditation. Okay. And after my after my four hours are up, I'm just going to walk around town. Sure. So at that point, for your four hours, it's probably just, uh, like, close to midnight. Yeah. At that point. Um, and as you're walking around, you're... You are noticing a couple of robed people walking around, a couple of the random guards. Uh, none of them look familiar. Uh, you get the impression it's probably a different shift. Um, even though things are kind of, like, relaxed, there's almost like a, a regimen to everything kind of going on here um, that you're not used to. A lot, of, a lot of times when you guys have gone into bars and taverns, it's always the same people tending it. Like, they live there and they work there. And fr from a couple of the examples, you're getting the impression that there are shifts involved in a lot of this. Hence why you saw uh, Tommy Noble and you didn't see the female that you saw previously earlier in the day. Um, the guards all look different, um, especially after your run-in in, uh, Tribor, where you kind of had guards kind of staring you down the whole time. Uh, you, you've been kind of paying attention to guards and none of them are looking familiar. They're not really looking at you all that much. You are getting a couple of, like, double glances from people in robes. And uh, you're noticing a little bit more of people in, like, yellow robes walking around this time of night. Uh, none of the stores are open. And it looks like, uh, kind of glancing around the neighborhood, you can kind of see the bridge from where you are. And it looks like people are kind of, like, going into the main complex and just a couple people are trickling out. So you're getting the impression that a lot of them like live over on that island. Alright, after I'm observing all that, I'll go to the edge of town and just hang out at the edge of the forest for a while. Sure. Uh, northern or southern or does it matter? Southern. Southern? Okay. So where you guys had come in before. In. Sure. Yeah. So you're, you're actually over near kind of the farmland. Um, yeah. So it's you're you're hearing you know some of the a lot of the crickets. It's an overcast night, um, so it's kind of odd to you. Most of the nights you had, you've seen the you know the pinpricks in the sky, and it's all overcast, all dark. But you, you it almost feels kind of like home. It yeah. feels like there's a ceiling up there. Um, yeah, this is more comfortable. Yeah, and um, you're you're hearing more of the of the almost soothing sounds of night now. Like occasionally you're hearing in the in the woods near you, like like a twig snap from like something walking around, but it's not putting you into like alert mode. And it's it's almost starting to become like the occasional drip from like a cave, just like the natural sounds. Like you're definitely starting to uh, acclimate to it, and you just feel at peace with it. And yeah, you so... all you're just you're getting that you know that nagging sensation that that mountain is like the goal that's where you need to go for that that you I, are sure of i am going to sit in the shadow of the woods i'm going to sit down go back into my meditative state and just contemplate the mountain and the coming interaction with with veron so you, you get these images in your head of what Veyron will look like if if he'll have a traditional form. And, you, and your brain goes, all these different species of people you're seeing on the surface. And and through your meditative state, you're, you're almost getting like these intrusive thoughts. Like you're able to normally control your meditative state. And you've almost like, it's almost like you're dreaming 
Uh, like, you get the impression that normally you'd be able to quote-unquote, like, lucid dream, but this, these are a lot more wild, where all of a sudden you envision yourself at the top of this mountain, like, taller than you've ever been on before, and there's, like, a halfling waiting for you there, who's, like, the whitest halfling you've ever seen in your life, and he's calling himself Veyron, and then you blink, and it's, it's a, a drow, and then you blink, it's a stone giant, and it's, it's strange to you and you 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 kind of blink out of your meditative state to kind of gather your thoughts and you just think that's odd like normally you're able to control those thoughts really well and get rest and focus but out here for some weird reason like the closer you get to that mountain the you have the impression that the the proximity is causing a little anxiety or anticipation, maybe, of what's to be held on top of that mountain. Okay. And I'll then remain. finally, yeah, when when you realize what it is that you're probably, you, you chalk it off as being anxious or uh, concerned about it and anticipating it, you're, you're able to kind of sink back into a normal, relaxed state. I'll stay there until I... Uh sense that the sun is about to rise and return to the inn. Okay. And Cuddy was pretty beat up, but I believe... Is he the same? Really needs four hours? No, he needs six. We need six on that, thank you. I don't think we have that on here. <clears throat> yeah, his um, shutdown sequence is six. Okay. So, Thrym, you probably wake up right around the same time that you see Cuddy starting to stir. And at this point, it's it's pretty early in the morning you're, you're starting to hear the birds chirping which is still kind of weird to you like hearing like these tiny little chit chit outside your window and Cuddy looks over at you how are your feet doing you feel like a cramp or anything in your feet we used to sleep in just about anywhere that's a good point I mean did you guys really even have beds down there well, I mean I don't know what other people had but I didn't oh damn Oh, no wonder you you'd sleep like a rock. I could hear you snoring all the way over here. You gotta do you gotta get your sleep if you're gonna be a good soldier. Yeah, you can't be nodding off as you know an axe comes down on your head, I suppose. Yes. Where where did uh where where Nick's go? I don't know, it's not the first time he's done this. Yeah, he kinda likes to wander off a little bit. Don't you think it's a little bit dangerous? You know, drow, lone drow on the surface. I mean, they might think he's a bad guy or something. Yeah, he'd be alright. All right, he'll be okay. Like, well, do you think we could uh, probably head off and go find these bear bugs? Probably. I think we should take a look over at that old wizard's house to see if he killed himself yet. I did hear one more boom last night, but it wasn't as loud as the other ones. Yeah, you want to go take a look? Yeah, might as well. All right, so you guys go downstairs, and it's the uh, it's the same girl that you saw before. No one's down there, and it looks like she's, like, mopping the floor. And she just kind of, like, lazily, like, waves to you guys. You guys go out, and Cuddy's like, all right, let's go! And he brings you down the street to, uh to where um, Pontiff's house currently is. The Pontiff's house is still there. 
Uh, there seems to be a little bit of black smoke rising from the back of his house. Although from this angle, you'd have to go like around in between the, the, the shop and Pontiff's house to get to his backyard. But if you wanted to, you could go check that out. I'm going to do that. All right. So you, you lead the way and uh, Cuddy uh, starts kind of creeping behind you as you guys go to the backyard. And it looks like there are a few more craters in the ground, um, but there is no dead pontiff anywhere to be seen. And the smoke is coming from a couple of the craters in the ground. So it looks like he probably discharged it a couple times at the ground. Looks like you figured it out. Yeah, I'm not seeing any limbs or, you know, stuff hanging from, you know, the fence over there. So, ah, damn, sorry. I guess uh, he's still alive. Let's go find next. All right. Which which way would he have gone? I don't know. Let's walk back towards the end and I'll find him the way I always do. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so we're back. back. Sorry? As we're walking back towards the end, I'm just going to start screaming Nyx at the top of my lungs because that's how Thrym finds Nyx. So Cuddy puts his hands to his ears to, to, to avoid it. It's a loud, bassy rumble. And are you saying this in common? Yep. Okay. So as you go, um, Cuddy points out that there's people like opening their curtains and like staring out angrily at you. And uh, oh. Nyx, across across town, as you're seeing the uh, the 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 light start to rise up from the horizon, just a peek, you just hear this echo of your name coming from the direction of Long Saddle. Oh, he's got to get a better way of getting my attention. I'll start walking back towards the end. Okay. Pulling my cloak up, trying not to look at the sun. So it, it's probably still like an hour or so off. So you got a little bit of time before yeah. you start hating your life. Um, yeah, but at... in anticipation of that, I've got my hood on. Okay. So you uh, you go to the front and you 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 go to the cobblestone path and you work your way up and you're at the end and yet you just see uh, Thrym repeatedly shouting your name. And uh, Cuddy, like, hits Thrym on the shoulder and points at you. Or he hits you on the arm and points to you. Hey, there he, there he is. He's he's not dead. Ready to go oh. kill some bugbears? Yeah, why? No, I thought they were bear bugs. You... They're, they're bugbears, Cuddy. Thrym, why do you feel the need to scream my name to get my attention? Because you wander off, and that's the easiest way to find you. Wait, so I thought we were fighting, like, giant... Bugs that look like bears. No, we're fighting giant bears. Oh, gi giant! Why, why do they call? Why do they? Why is bug in the name then? I don't know. Seems, seems Actually, I do. I do know why it was part of my studies, but I, I don't feel like explaining it. Just go with it. Oh, okay. Do they have like small brains? I just want to know. Pretty close you to yours, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh well, we'll have an easy time with them then, right? Sure. You guys sure, head yeah. to uh, your directions or uh, to the south of town. Um, and accor according to the information you got at the register's office, any goblin activity in the area usually is an indication of bugbears being nearby. 
and you guys know exactly where you could find some goblin activity. Yeah, let's uh, let's go look at the puddles. All right, you guys. Uh, it's a it's about half an hour out of town. Uh, the sun is is coming up uh, from the east. So from where you are, it's still like below like the tree line. So you're quite not at your sunlight sensitivity range yet, but uh, you're getting close to that. And you go over, and it, and it looks like the uh, traps that were laid across the road are, like, the, the rope has been cut, and the uh, looks like the pit that was in the road that was kind of covered by some basic limbs has been filled in now uh, by somebody. And you see the uh, the lone tree off to the side where the, uh, the goblins are hiding behind near some bushes, and you see exactly what you said, there's puddles there. Um, you see some limbs that still have flesh to them, and as you guys get closer, this whole cloud of crows erupts from the sludge area and kind of scatter as you guys get closer. Alright, so you guys approach the sludge. Um, want to roll me a perception check to look at the area and see what's going on? Yeah, I don't Seven. Seven. <laughs> Cuddy is a 16. Cuddy points and is like, well, these goblins aren't going to be helping anybody in a fight anytime soon. But uh, t t take a look over here and he points and it looks like on their, on their way to and from and setting up traps, it looks like there's a very faint path in like some small grass. That kind of leads off into the forest to the west. These these goblins were freaking idiots, weren't they? I mean, they're goblins, so yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've I've fought a couple goblins here and there, and usually they're a lot smarter than this, like a proper ambush or you know covering your tracks at the very least. But this is just lazy. Maybe their intelligence is being sapped by that academy. Oh, you know, so big old conspiracy. So maybe we got to kill them all. Maybe we do. Ooh, this is getting complicated, isn't it? Hey guys, <laughs> through this random conspiracy theory talk, uh, you approach the forest. This area uh, you guys are now noticing is a lot denser uh, than than the the surrounding forest as you were. Uh, approaching this area, you, you, it was there, always there, but you guys hadn't really noticed. And as you go in there, you guys are, are noticing a singular path that kind of goes into this thick area. Um, but there's actually like vines that are kind of swirling on the ground a little bit that kind of look out of place in a in a coniferous forest like this. And um, when I say that, uh, you and Thrym notice that. With our ship perception rolls? Uh, with your uh, passive perception. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Does this look like a trap to you? <sighs> Probably. I don't know. Those goblins before weren't very bright. Yeah, but we're not looking for goblins. Yeah. All right. Can I investigate it? Sure, yeah. Want to roll uh, uh, investigation or nature? Your choice. 
Investigation. Sure. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. Um, you don't know a lot about vines, or, all, or really a lot about plants. Um, everything in your knowledge has been fungus and lichen and just stuff in the Underdark. Um, it, they're just kind of growing on the ground. Occasionally when it when the vine meets like a, a small sapling, it's wrapping around it. And you don't get the impression that it's it's normal here because a lot of the other like saplings and trees in this dense area uh, don't seem to have a lot of the vines on it. Um, and the vines, they, they're a little bit greener than the leaves around you. I'm going to take out my sword and I'm going to sever one of the vines. Okay. And you, you do that and on the inside it looks perfectly normal. Nothing, nothing moved on you. Seems fine to me. Cuddy, why don't you go first? Okay. And Cuddy takes a couple steps forward and he kind of like looks at the vine. He goes, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know why you're so spooked about these. It doesn't seem to be anything wrong with them. And as he like, he as he, as he says that he gingerly steps over it as if he expects that that wording may have triggered something. And then as he plants his foot down, he like visually relaxes as nothing <laughs> happens to him as he steps over the vine. Um, I need all three of us to roll perception checks. Thirteen. Twenty. Twenty and seventeen for Cuddy. Uh, do any of you speak goblin? No. I, I don't. don't. That's a no on you, Thrym? Yep. Cuddy does not. So up ahead of you, um, all three of you hear it. Uh, this very loud, like, a very sharp language, but it, it's very bassy. And you, you can hear it up ahead of you. It, it looks like it's kind of coming into a T intersection. And I can bring you guys there. Cuddy's up ahead of you, Nix and Thrym, you guys are kind of chilling. And you hear this, like, guttural, like, root dot, hoot. <laughs> and out from uh, the left-hand side from, you guys see, you know, it's very dense in here. The sun is starting to rise. Uh, Nix and Thrym, it, it's so dense in here that your sunlight sensitivity isn't tripping. It's, uh, it's dense enough not to have an effect on you. So, just for future reference for uh, line of sight and everything in yeah, this area. Yeah, that. All uh, right. Give, give me a moment. Switch over that music again. All right, so when I hear those voices... Sure. I'm going to yell out... Not yell out, but, like, speak kind of loudly in giant... And just say, I'll kill you all, and I'm trying to intimidate them. Because oh, okay. my voice is way more bassier than theirs. Okay, as you do that, just to get that out of the way, uh, you shout, and it immediately trips a response from Cuddy, where he uh, slinks off to the side. 
I'd say the first square into bushes is um, a space you guys can move into. Any further, you can go through it, but it's considered difficult terrain. Um, so Cuddy um, stealths into the bushes as you shout that. All right, so throw me. You're rolling an intimidation? Yep. All right, go ahead. 17. 17. All right, so right as you say that, um, uh, Nyx, what are you doing while Thrym is trying to make some pants pee? I'm just kind of standing next to him with a hand over the ear that's next to him. Sure. Um, I'm accepting the fact that this is what he does. All right. So uh, from now from the left-hand side of this T intersection... As you notice, the the echo that Thrym voiced forward, the the foliage is very, very dense. So it kind of muffled the shout a little bit, but it kind of like echoed around the corners you get from the the, the, the sound that you're hearing. Um, and from the leftern area, you hear those same like guttural noises again, except you hear one of them like growl fiercely. And from around the corner... Um, from your line of sight, you see two large bugbears uh, run off and, and see you guys and are just staring at you. I believe that's our quarry. Well, you, you talk loud, you can't hear you. I said we're here to kill you. No, no, no. God, goblins kill you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Goblins. Why why you laugh? Goblins kill you? We're goblins. Goblins puddle. Puddle. Like melt. Rain? rain? Melt. Dead. Acid. Dragon. (laughs) Goblin dead. You kill? No, dragon. What? What dragon? Yeah, we killed him. They killed him. And with that, I'll have your roll initiative. <laughs> Fuck these guys. <laughs> what portion did you say was rough terrain? Anywhere with vines? Any. So the first five feet, so where Cuddy is, that's like the edge of it. And if you go into it further, it's considered. Uh, the rough terrain and uh you'd have a harder time like shoot if you were to go in there like shoot a spell you'd have a harder time uh landing that spell so you'd get a penalty towards your ranged attacks because it's rough foliage wait like in the trees like in the the trees yeah so Uh, on the path is fine so we can go in the trees you can go in the trees if you'd like nifty indeed it's just gonna be—it's gonna be hard to get in there because of all like the really like condensed foresty area that you're in. Yeah. <laughs> My God, he gets a fucking plus five to his initiative. All right, threw him. What you roll? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Damn. And my little bug buyers. Actually, for the sake of expediency, both those bugbears would go at the same time. I'm trying to really adopt that 
when you're fighting multiples of the same creature, just have them attack at once. Make sure go, go a little faster. All right, Thrym, you're up first, my brother. All right. So. so if you just wanna, if you wanna, if it's easier for you just to click, so it, or how the hell do we do that? Circle thing. Nah, he can just move his character. All right, I'll go from here. Pretty sure I can. I'm pretty sure I. I can make it to here. So I counted that out, and I believe that's 25 or 30. Get to there. Oh fuck me, dude. That is. That's 55. What squares were I counting? I don't know. <laughs> this this oh, would yeah. be 30 right here. Yeah, I want to go there. Okay. Oh, I see what I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just going to point forward at the two bugbears in front of me and then put like two fingers out and then tell them to come, t like, come get me. Okay. Are you Are you holding an action or... Yeah, I'll hold my action. Sure. Okay. So your your condition is as soon as something gets within range of you. Yep. Okay. Cool. And both the bugbears are like looking at you, and um, one of them from your shout earlier. I'm just gonna put that symbol on him. He is in, uh, intimidated for the uh, first round. So he will uh, have rolled disadvantage on his first attack if he attacks you. So that's your turn there, my friend. Yep. Cool. Uh, Lakati. If he stays there, he's going to get. Actually, Cuddy is going to do the exact same thing. He uh, believes he's hidden pretty well, and if something uh, gets to near you, Thrym, he is going to uh, use his uh his dagger to throw at them and then sorry that would count for all of his weird rogue shit that he has okay uh moves it over to uh bugbears and they are indeed going straight for you so they both rush up on you on the same time thrim so that triggers uh your attack we'll do yours first and then we'll do um, Cuddy. Alright. So I guess the one that's, like, directly in front of me. Sure. But I'm gonna use a bonus action and dip thunder into my cool little new sack. Okay. And pull him out. That is a... 16 to hit. 16 to hit from the bugbears. That's uh, that matches their AC, so you hit. Okay. Now, did they make the throw? Uh, what? There should be a DC on the poison. 14 con. 14 con. That is a. Their con is plus one, so that's, uh, sorry, a 12. So no, so this one directly in front? Yep. 
All right, that dude, as soon as I can get the little icon, oh, it's because they're both grouped together, is poisoned. And does he take poison damage from that? 2d8. 2d8. All right, go ahead and roll that. And you also need to roll your damage on your attack as well. Yeah. 30 damage. 30 damage. In one fell swoop, you poison that bad boy up right on the knuckles. You flip it, you flip Thunder over to kind of do like an overhead slam right as he approaches you. And you get a little bit disappointed as the, the knuckles go right down. And even though the bugbears are, are come up to your like shoulders, they're kind of large creatures, they're a lot more fragile than you thought they were. And you slam it down and it just crumples to the ground dead at your feet. Alright, so I'll turn to his little buddy and hit him. Okay. And that'll be 18 to hit. 18 to hit, hit. Those. 17 damage. 17 damage, okay. I'll take that into account as Cuddy. Um... Oh wait, hold on. So, so during your action, so yeah, you held your action, which would have been two attacks. All right, that's good, right? Yep, Robin, that sounds right. I'm still calculating that, but I let it go. Because I know he can hold an attack action, yep. but I don't know if it still counts for his for two extra, hits extra per attack. attack. Um, oh, I'm not sure how that balances. Yeah, I don't think we've ever encountered that situation before. Oh. Oh, that is a good point. I didn't think about that. Because it's not, like, on your turn. Yeah. This is, at this point, it's considered a reaction. Well, it's a held action. It's not a reaction. Yeah, it's so ready action. Okay, so this is RPG stack exchange, which I go to frequently for this stuff. Beginning at fifth level, you can attack twice instead of once when you take the attack action on your turn. The ready action lets you take the attack action on someone else's turn, Uh and thus the extra attack does not apply because you're already taking the ready action. Okay. So my first action is gone, so I took that for the action. I got yeah. You. So I don't hit the second guy at all, then. No worries. Now we know. Um, Cuddy uh, lets loose uh, a dagger uh, trying to thread the needle between your your giant body, Thrym, and the, and the bugbear. Um, he has something... His range attacks ignore half and three quarters cover. So, Sharpshooter. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't worry about him hitting you. Um, so I mean, unless it's a nat one and you get a dagger in the ass. Uh, yeah, and that would be, that'd be kind of hilarious. Not gonna lie. It would be. All right, he does hit with that. He did choose to take the negative 5 penalty, so he gets plus 10 to the damage. Forgot he had to do this like every fucking time whenever he attacked. Mm, that's sharpshooter, man. It's, yeah, it's risk-reward shit, man. It's crazy. That is 21 points of damage. Holy fuck. Um, on the frightened uh, bugbear. So Cuddy is now out of stealth. Um, that bugbear knows of Cuddy's existence, and the 
Bugbear is going to try to attack you, Grim, but he is at disadvantage. And uh, none of his attacks hit you. And Nyx, you're good. Alright, seeing that these guys are fairly fragile, he's going to shift over a few paces, get a clear line of sight, and I'm just going to shoot a firebolt at him. Sure. 18. 18 hits. Alright, it's 2... 2d10 fire damage. Not bad. It's 15 fire damage. 15 fire damage. You, you launch the firebolt at him, right as he looked very, like, frightened to try to hit Thrym almost. Like, he's just weirded out by this giant in his territory, not paying attention, as he just catches a firebolt straight to the face, and he just falls flat on his ass dead. Oh. <laughs> that Buggy. can't have been the whole problem here. Buggy Bear, dead. I will keep track of your exp um because right as the um howls of howls of uh torment come from from these guys here um from your right hand side you you hear um some more growling who's next and running over are three more bugbears coming into your peripheral thrim uh, Nick's from your angle. I don't think you're able to see him, but you see Cuddy and Thrym uh, brace. Mm. And I'm just going to inject them into the order and leave your initiatives as they are. And who are we at? Nick. So it would have gone back up to the order. So Thrym, you're up. All right. This is a bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, I want to move 25 feet towards them, but I can't. I don't know. I'm having a hard time finding the squares. 25. 30 feet, you said? 30 feet, yeah, excuse me. 30 feet. How about here? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Or can we get that closer? 30. Here, you'd be able to get right there. If my calculations are correct. And I'll hold my action. Same as before you're holding your action. Yeah, I'm holding my action. Cool. Uh, Cuddy actually has a bonus action on his previous turn. Actually, no, because you guys didn't know you were going to be in combat still. So uh, Cuddy moves up just a little bit, so he's not in there. He moves to here. And he does the same. If anything is going to attack you, Thrym, he's going to do his uh, dagger o' death. This one, this one, and this one. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. The top one isn't looking at you, Thrym. Um, so these two guys here, you can choose who to swing at. I'll just do the guy right in front of me again. Sure. And now I'm going to burn a spell slot and activate Thunder's Lightning. Okay. Hold up. Is that a bonus action to do that? Yes. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. 
He held an attack action. He oh, only yep. gets one action. I have to do the bonus action before that. All right, so I won't yeah. do that. But that's a 19 to hit. Okay. Well, uh, let me jot down looking at because uh, the same may have applied because uh, it's a bonus action to apply your poison. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we can retcon it, say he does it while he's preparing the action. Like, as he was readying his attack, he used his bonus action to prep his weapon. Yeah. And then the effect was already applied until they came up. Yeah, because I wasn't aware of that at that point. Yeah. And I should have been at this point. No, no worries. <laughs> all right, I got that all nice and pretty, so I can research that later just to double check on our stuff. But yeah, yeah, we can retcon all that stuff. So you said it was a 17 hit? Uh, 19. 19, 19 my oh, bad. Actually, I rolled a 19. It's like oh, a you're... 26. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, so That's going to be 12, uh, 12 points of damage. 12 points. Okay. So just with that one swing, you just get him right across the chest. And he he isn't falling over, but man, does he look woozy from that. These guys, as you're kind of whacking him and you've already kind of killed fucking one of them, you're, you're kind of seeing these, these bugbears, they don't look that healthy. They look kind of emaciated, and you would have expected more of a fight uh, from these bugbears, judging by their looks than you are currently uh, getting. Uh, Cuddy uh, doing the same thing, going after the one you attacked. Ooh, and that is... He misses that dagger attack, and it flies off, and then in the blink of an eye, the dagger reappears in his hand. And I'm sorry, the buggy, two buggy bears are going to swing at you for... Uh, 14, I don't think, hits, right? Nope. Okay. And a 9 on the other one. And then the bugbear way up there is he reaches on his back and pulls out a javelin and goes to huck it at Cuddy. For 16, which hits. Cuddy gets hit with that dagger. Uh... Eight points of piercing damage as it just jams right into his side. See, I gotta adjust writing a character sheet too. This is ridiculous. Um, and with that, they're over. Next year, go. Okay. So, one, two, three, four, five, six. I can stand right here. One, two, three. I have plenty of space. I honestly I'm getting tired of this so I am going to set off a shatter right about like that and catch okay. all three of them oh I like it what do they got so that they have to do a con save 15 con save 15 eh that one's packed all right, so number one uh, fails, the one at the top here. Uh, the two near Thrym uh, fail it. I'm sorry, they succeed. All right, so the one who failed takes eight points of thunder damage. The other two take four. Okie doke. And that sets off a loud, thunderous noise. 
in the yes, area. It does. <laughs> and that is my turn. Sure. All right, Thrim, you're good. The uh, bugbear in front of you is looking pretty shitty. I'm going to smile at him, and now I'm going to activate Thunder's Lightning. Okay. And then I'm going to swing at him. And that is a 17 to hit. 17's good. And 17 points of damage. All right. As you're uh, now getting comfortable in your stride, you uh, come slamming down with, like, the bottom of the fist. Just stomps his head to kind of, like, caves in his skull into, like, his, like, upper chest cavity. You hear this crunching, and yet again, another of these uh, previously ferocious-looking bugbears uh, dies at your hand. And then I'm going to turn to the other guy that's right in front of me. Okay. And I'm going to go at him. And roll a natural one. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. You sticking right where you are? Yeah. I figured so. Uh, Cuddy uh, moves over to here to get a better shot, and he whips his dagger at the one you just attacked. What's the crit? Is there a crit range on a dagger? Uh, no. Okay. Just about, he rolled a 19. I just wanted to double check. That didn't count as a crit. Not for a basic dagger, no. No. Yeah, there's a couple... There's like, like one or two weapons that 19 counts as a crit, I think. Yeah, there's a couple like subclasses that get it too. Mm-hmm. So that is an insane amounts of sneak attack damage plus the dagger plus 10. Jesus fucking Christ, Cuddy. Uh, 28 points of damage to this bugbear. The dagger just goes straight into like the skull right above the eyes and he just flops over dead as well. And then in the blink of an eye, the dagger disappears through him. As you see the bugbear fall on the ground, the dagger blinks out, and then you just see this big squirt of blood come right out of the bugbear's skull as he uh, goes for another hit, and he hits on that. Now, correct me, you may know about this Robin. Sneak attack is for the first attack he does, right? Yeah, and it usually only counts if they don't see him. Because of his... Because he has to hide. He has to not be known to get a sneak attack. Because of his class, he does not take the normal uh, Uh things for that. Well, then, yeah, yeah, it would only count for the first hit. Yeah. So that's the normal... Uh, he misses that attack and the dagger winks back um, brings it over to Bugbear Bugbear charges at Cuddy plus that so that hits with his uh, very crude wooden morning star uh, two hander he just kind of baseball bat whips at Cuddy 
I shouldn't say whiff. Um, it does only four points of piercing damage as it just grazes Cuddy. And that's going to do it for Bugbear. Brings it over to you, Nyx. I'm going to stay right where I am. I'm just going to throw a firebolt at him. Sure thing. Uh, 17 to hit. Yes, sir. Good to go hit. Alright. 2d10. Rolling better on my fire skills. Uh, 12 points of fire damage. Okay. Ooh, baby. And that bugbear's starting to look really hurt. Alright. That's my turn. I'm not moving. Cool. Thrim? Take it you're just getting all up on that bugbear. Yeah, I'm just going to go right behind, like, right equal to where oh, Cuddy is. Yeah, yep, so that gives you advantage. Poor fucking bugbear. <laughs> hey, man, you made him. You didn't have to make him squishy. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Tw- 22. 20. Yeah. And then 15 points of damage. 15 points of damage. As you glance around to see if there's any other foes in the area, you don't see any, so you wind back and then tell me how you kill this guy. I'm just gonna go up over his head and like smash down through his skull and like rip through his body with my warhammer. Okay. And the two the two opposing parts of the body that were once together rip apart in this gory, disgusting, bony, bloody mess. Uh, a splurts of blood get all over Cuddy. And combat is over. Uh, let me tally up your XP. And you guys have five dead bugbears surrounding you. Cuddy wipes off the blood from his face and just kind of wipes it on his pants. That was a little overkill, don't you think? Yeah, dead is dead. Yeah. Gets resolved. That can't have possibly been their entire problem. Uh, yeah, usually, you know, the goblins get bossed around by, you know, bigger guys like these guys. Um, I still don't understand where the hell they get their name from. They look just like bigger, hairier goblins, but uh, I guess I'll let it go. And Cuddy points up ahead... Uh, your your right side of the T intersection. He goes, oh, it looks like they had like a little fire over there. Looks like maybe they hung out over there. But then it looks like the place over here, and he points back towards your left-hand side. He goes, it looks like that place goes somewhere, too. Think we should investigate? End the problem once and for all? Well, if there's any more in here, you know, they're gonna keep trying to recruit goblins and harass people, so... Yeah, yeah, why don't we check this place out a little bit more? All right. Okay. Let's go check out the camp first. See if we can spot anything there. So Cuddy begins to walk. And as you guys get closer to the uh, the fire, uh, or the fire pit, it looks like the the embers had burnt out when the sun came up. Um, You guys are just seeing, like, like, scuff marks and, like, little bits of leather and bits of uh, bone that are kind of thrown into the fire pit as well. It looks like the, a couple of them were just, like, hunkering out here. Cuddy looks over at uh, you, Nick's kind of examining the grounds. Anything over there? 
I'm not really sure. Don't know what I'm looking for. Yeah, if you're gonna want to roll a perception check to kind of really examine the area. Huh. Natural one. I see dirt. Yeah, you, there's lots of dirt and there's trees. There's a sky I think there above a, you. I, you know, I think they had a campfire at one point. Uh, yeah, I think I, th- I think they did. Is Cuddy like walks back to the intersection to meet up with Thrym? Thrym, why are you dead? Because <laughs> I was trying to move and apparently I hit something. <laughs> And I tried to back out of it, backed out of roll 20. <laughs> oh, Killed no. Oh. That's one way to die. That's a harsh yeah. way to go, guys. Uh, so at, as Cuddy gets up here, he kind of, you, you see the telltale signs of Cuddy kind of uh, slouching and getting into kind of a more stealthy mode of walking. And he gets up to here. Thrymir tagging along, I'm assuming. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll 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 walk you along. So you guys are are noticing the uh, the vines more and more as you're kind of heading this way. Um, nothing abnormal about them. Um, but Nix, as you peer around the corner, as you have, um, <laughs> you see this massive bugbear. Except this time, way out in the distance. I don't know if you noticed, but. The 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 light fades at the edge of your night vision. You see that? Oh, that's kind of neat. It's really fucking cool. So you just see right at the vi- edge of your vision this massive motherfucking bugbear, um, looking towards you, but has uh, like a casual stance to him. He's leaning a morning star on the ground, almost like, like. I don't know if you like Negan in his in the baseball bat from The Walking Dead. He's just kind of like leaning on it, like doesn't look like he has a concern in the world. Um, but the one thing you're noticing is how big and thick he is compared to the other bugbears you've seen. This motherfucker eats. Well, I believe we found our actual quarry. Wait, what do you see over there? Cuddy kind of sneaks up behind you a little bit. It's a really fat bugbear. Looks like he's fairly well fed. Oh shit, he's probably the boss then, don't you think? Probably. So let's see what happens. And I run up to about here and I shoot off a lightning bolt at him. <laughs> I was wondering why you were measuring. <laughs> <laughs> 100 feet, line of sight. He's right at the end of it from where I'm standing. I am yep. firing a lightning bolt at this motherfucker. <laughs> okay, just blasting. Anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> what, what does he have to do here? Uh, deck save 15. Deck save 15. Let me bring up the stats of my bugbear, chief. I did not have up yet, because I'm like, oh, I got a couple extra minutes to pull that up, information up. Ah, fuck him. Lightning bolt. Fuck it. Let's do that. So, I'm sorry. What do I need to roll again? Uh, deck save 15. 15. Uh, 16 plus 2. All right. So he succeeds, takes half damage. Half damage. Okay. And anything in this path that is flammable ignites. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, oh, so many ones. That's oh, cool. no. All right. 24 points halved is 12 points of lightning damage. Okie doke. I just burned a third level spell for that. <laughs> Dude, damn. That had, the, that had potential. 
Oh yeah, it did. <laughs> oh, that had so much potential. And with that, as 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 Cuddy's leaning over and Thrym leans over, you just see Nyx run out in front of you, and then as quickly as it happens, you just hear this booming echo. Uh and you just see this trail of fire like a go across the ground. Uh the the vine that's in front of you, Nyx, about twenty feet there, just kind of like bursts into flames and starts smoldering. And you hear this, like, very echoey, very similar to when Thrym yells your name at, like, you know, four in the morning, to this bellowing roar. And you, you don't know what it means, but you see him look around him and point as he's, like, patting off a bit of, like, fur armor that had ignited. And... We're going back into combat. Do we have to keep our same initiatives? Uh, absolutely not. No, this is a a brand new initiative rule. I'm sorry, Thrym, but I can't deal with an initiative of eight. <laughs> and I'm gonna name him Thugbear. Thugbear. Fuck the bug bears. Um, Cuddy. So how's it feel controlling a player character, NPCs, and enemies? And I do not that? like it at all. This is <laughs> this is rough. <laughs> but it's okay. We'll make it through. Um, there's just so much shit to juggle around. Uh, Cuddy. And it's, fuck you, cock. God, he got ten. Trim, what'd you get? Nineteen. Nineteen, baby. Damn. The chieftain. Apparently my good rolls are safe for when I uh, roll initiative. Them. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% <laughs> it. And when I need to attack, I roll ones. Right, that's literally all the useless crazy shit. You're fucking, oh, I, I want to listen to that songbird. Fucking natural 20. Got, got to attack the bugbears? No. And what's the range on the javelin with disadvantage? Thirty. And hold on, I love this. Yeah. Okay. So he's gonna. He whips out and he has like this barbed javelin. He puts down his morning star fight beside him, and he just very rushed, like whips it at you. You can tell there's a little bit of like abandon to his attack because you, you're so far away from him. And disadvantage. He whips that. So right off to your left, the javelin like pierces into the ground at like a 45 degree angle, and you just hear him roar from missing that attack. Goes to Bugbear, 5, 10, 15, 25, 30. And he's going to do the same with disadvantage on a Javelin attack. And that is 12. <laughs> Miss. So this one is like 10 feet in front of you. And you hear the Bugbear Chieftain like say something that you construed as like a threat to the Bugbear because he kind of winces as... 
as he hears the yell. And Thrim, you're good to go. Yeah, for some reason I can't move my map over, so I have no idea what's going on. Oh, Where no. I am, anything. Like, yeah. Why don't we... Are you able to see that? There we go. Hey! Alright. I sincerely hope you're only showing right. him the map. Yep. So I'll move over to where Nyx is. Okay. Over to where Nyx is. Uh, next to Nyx, or...? Yeah. Okay. And then, oh, this is this is now. So you've got. Didn't see nothing. Uh, you got Bug, Bugbear Chieftain, the big boy. Oh yeah, this is probably a shitty idea, huh? Uh, yeah, this. <laughs> I have a lot of information. That's. Okay, so. Oh, actually, now for some reason, no, this is. Okay, some reason my screen's working now. Okay. I think. Yeah, because I'm right next. Once you moved my token and I was next to Mix, it, everything changed. So I just couldn't see because I my tour my token was. Okay. All right. Are you getting no video on John as well, Robin? There He's we go. Still, okay. Still hear him. You're still here, yeah. Um, side note, you may want to turn off control for Thrim on me because apparently I'm seeing what he sees. Uh, oh, okay. I realized it when you moved the token. Okay. Did that change anything? Um, yep, I can't touch him anymore. Okay. Yeah, and I'm just going to stand there. All right, you going to ready in action or anything? No. You could ready the dodge action and... Good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah already dodge. Mm -hmm. Already dodge. Disadvantage on their attacks against you. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, I forgot I could do that. Yeah, already the dodge action. This is usually never a situation where we're not attacking. <laughs> yeah, it, you know. Yeah. And I'm always running up to them and just like beating the shit out of them. So. Yeah, yeah, and then in areas like this where there's actually like a giant gap, you know, like it's, what the hell do we do? <laughs> shit. This never happens. All right, uh, that goes to Nyx. Mr. Mr. Lightning Bolt. Yeah, Mr. Lightning Bolt is not at all intimidated by his little roar. Roar! Wait one second. So I'm gonna burn. Ah, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. One, two, three, four, five. I can run up to here. Get myself a little bit closer. Ah. You're not gonna like this. I like it all. Oh no, you don't. I am going to cast darkness. Woo! A fifteen foot square circle sphere. That area is now encased in magical darkness, and they can't see shit. That's 15, I like it. They can't see shite. 
they are now completely blackened out. I'm going to burn two sorcery points for quickened spell and fire off another lightning bolt straight line right at the chief where I knew where he was. Oh, I like it. So he needs to make another deck save, DC 15. DC 15, he fails. <laughs> Right. So the, the bugbear chief is completely encased in darkness and then <laughs> just starts getting obliterated from the inside as his cells start ripping apart. Alright, 8d6. Let's see what this does. Let's fucking do it. So many fucking ones. 17 points of lightning damage. Okay. That looked like that stung quite a bit. Yeah, just a bit. Alright, and that is my turn. Okay. Uh, that brings it to Cuddy. So Cuddy um, sees Thrym run around the corner, so Cuddy kind of keeps chase. So he books it over to... What was he? he was, shit, he was here. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, He jumps out in front of you, ready to throw a dagger... But all he sees is this globe, a sphere of darkness up ahead of him. And he looks around and he goes, Where'd they go? They're and in the dark. And he, he just, he's like, it looks around, he looks very hyper vigilant. And so if he's, you know, he kind of like gets the impression after he says it, answering his own question, and readies an attack if anything were to come out of uh, that sphere of darkness ahead of you. And BB Chief uh, uh, kind of roars from where he is. You hear the roar, and to you it sounds like, eh. <laughs> and can't quite reach you. He he charges forward from where the electrical attack come, came from. And as he comes out of the globe of darkness, he's like holding his hands in front of his face as if he's expecting another, another attack. And then he stops suddenly, realizing that he can see again, and goes to throw a javelin at Unix. For 19? Ugh, hit. Okay. And that is... Eight points of piercing damage as a javelin, like, nicks your arm. Uh, Bugbear Chieftain looks... Looks really singed from the electricity. And, and as insult, uh, <clears throat> injury to insult. Yeah. Insult, insult to injury. I grasp my slashed arm, pick up my finger, point at him, and in guttural abyssal say, "Burn now!" And use hellish rebuke on him. Okie doke. Give me a second, because I never remember what the stats are on that spell. Because <laughs> it's not in my list. <laughs> uh, creature must take a dex, dexy dex saving throw. Uh, oh, rebuke. 2d10 on a failed save. Or half on a, on a successful uh, DC 15. DC 15 dex, and yet again he fails that. And he takes 16 points of fire damage. Hellfire. But first this guy gets electrocuted, and then he just kind of bursts into flame for a few moments. 
Okie doke. Earned my reaction to do that. <laughs> That's fucking killer, though. Uh, the second bugbear kind of doesn't know what's going on. He is uh, kind of panicked in there. And out from the darkness... Uh, near you, Nyx, another javelin is like five feet away from you, zips out from the darkness and and lands near you, but still tried to get you, but no cigar on that. Oh, hang on. I got to roll a con save before your little bugbear man does anything. Bugbear man? Because he hit me and that darkness is a concentration spell. Oh, that's right. So I got to roll at least a 10. Okay. Oh, and it's a nine. So the darkness spell drops before your bugbear moves. Okay. So with that, yeah, because the javelin hit. Okay, so then during, uh, so no, everything else, retcon is good. So the bugbear no longer being in that rushes forward. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Uh... And would probably, yeah, he would go after Cuddy at that point. Actually, what is the distance on that? Because javelins are shitty. It's precisely at 30, so he doesn't have to roll advantage. And Cuddy takes six points of piercing damage. Hold on. Cuddy's within five feet of me? Yes, he is. So I'm going to use my shoulder pad of the Guardian. Okay. And make you roll that at disadvantage. I fucking love it. Dude, it's been so long since you used that. I know! <laughs> <laughs> and the attack does not hit. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the fucking items are coming in clutch, baby. Alright, so... Uh, with that, the very sad bugbear is out of javelins that you can see and Thrim you're up alright I think I can move right next to where Nyx is like right beside him you can walk through Cuddy as well okay yeah yep, so like so you'd right, right yep and being there I am going to just hit the bugbear right there right in the face okay that is a sound plan and yeah, I'm going to burn another spell slot to get uh, Thunder's Lightning going. Because that was last encounter. Yep. And that is going to be uh, 21 to hit. That is. 18 points of damage. 18 points of damage. Another massive swing by Thrym. Cracks right into the side of his arm. That arm goes limp. And he's now holding a two-handed Morningstar with, like, one hand now. And he's looking real fucking bad. And feeling bad for him, I'm just going to try and pit him out of his misery and hit him you again. You know, that's, that's the kindest fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. 17 to hit. <laughs> 17 to hit. Yes, sir, that hits. How much damage? I didn't... 16. 16, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Um, oh, yeah. So your first one, you hit, you were like swinging it like a baseball bat, crunched his arm, 
wincing in pain, you then just go for the head, and you knock the head completely off. It scatters into the bushes to Nyx's left. Buggy Bear dead! And you moved action. You're good to go? Yep. Cool. Nyx, you're up. Alright, I'm actually not going to move. But I'm going to cast a Chaos Bolt at second level at the boss. Okay. So... 16 to hit. 16 is a miss. Mm. You know what? I'm going to burn two more sorcery points and do it again as a bonus action. Oh, damn. Because fuck this man. <laughs> For a natural one. Awesome. No! Heck. Yeah, natural oh. one. Oh. oh, God, that hurts so bad. And seeing that my spells are not landing, I'm actually going to take a couple steps back and between Thrym and Cuddy here and just kind of stay out of range, thinking maybe this the gash in my arm is causing me to miss. That's my turn. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I rolled a natural one. That's oh, painful. Oh, that hurts we've, so bad. We've both done it this game now. Ugh. Oh. He he rushes over to kind of kind of behind you, and you can just hear him in the background. Hey, aren't you supposed to be you know hitting him or something? Don't, just don't. And actually, he misses with the dagger, <laughs> and it blinks back in his hand, and he go he goes, damn it, and then whips it again. All right, that. That is just 14 points of damage. Just 14 points. Yeah, I was going to say just. <laughs> and Nick, you glance over your shoulder and, and, and Cuddy looks like <laughs> like he's eating crow right now for what he said. What were you just saying? Uh, Bugbear Chief. At least he got him the second time. Hey, that's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bugbear Chief uh, begins to run. Uh, this guy goes away. Thrim, you're up. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. With his uh, using it for double time, he would have moved additionally for 30. Okay. How, how far away? Uh, he is... I love this little ruler thing. Right. He's 75 feet away. Okay. So I'm gonna run after him to the best of my ability. Okay. So you've got... 60, right? Yeah. Sorry, right up top of that log. Okay. So you make it there, and that would be your full action to move all the way over there. Or do you want to just move halfway? Oh, yeah, I wanted to, like, 30 feet. Oh, 30 feet. Oh, my bad. Yeah. There you go, my friend. My apologies. I thought you were, no like, hightailing it after him. And then I am going to cast Magic Missile. Ooh. And send all three of them at him. Okay. Oh, wow, that's actually pretty decent. 
The magic missile just hits unless you're using a variant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I was rolling my damage. Ah. Yeah. So, four, seven, nine. Twelve points of damage. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's impressive for magic missile. <laughs> right? It really is. I rolled really well on that one. Alright, so as he's running, like, boom, 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 just got slammed behind by these swirling... Ah, bolt of energy. And Nyx. Alright. Yeah. About that. Stop running! And I fire off my last firebolt. Okay. Or lightning my last oh, lightning, lightning bolt. bolt. Okay. Yeah, my last lightning bolt. So, deck save, DC fifteen. DC fifteen. Fails. Oh, I hope these die real well. Alright. 29 points of lightning damage. Alright. Nyx, how do you describe killing the bugbear chief? I just take a few steps forward, get my line of sight, calm my mind after those last few misses. And just shout after him, Stop running, you coward! And fire off the biggest blue lightning bolt you've ever seen. Fucking beautiful. As you as you do that, some somehow this this lightning bolt echoes even louder, and you see from the forest around you, birds immediately fly off into the sky as it just zips right down, and this poor guy who's been repeatedly electrocuted, just something happens. It, most likely, his heart stops, and he just falls face first onto the ground, and smoldering, and is no longer moving. Smoldering is, I think, perfect. You guys get six hundred experience points each. Woohoo! Okay. And only another million to the next level. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Now that you guys are in in kind of free mode here, you look around and it, this campfire um, is like smoldering here. It, it's still the embers are starting to fade, um, and you're seeing a lot more bones of random origin all around this area. And Nyx is spotting some crates in the background. Yeah, may I investigate the crates? You certainly can. Roll me an investigation. Natural 20. No. Yeah. Liar. Natural 20. I'll take a picture and send it to you if you want. <laughs> Natural right. 20. And on my investigation, that's a 21. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you open the crate. So some of the crates are open. Some of them are closed. And one of them is, like, nailed shut. So after kind of, like, examining it over and looking inside, um, a lot of the crates... Have, a couple of them have empty grain bags and rotten fruit at this point. It looks like the fruit was never touched, but the grain bags had been kind of gone through. And the full crate, after kind of wedging it open, reveals, uh, like, a cut lumber. And um, on the inside of, of that, and you're just like, okay, this is really strange to find cut lumber inside of a crate. So you start moving the, the wood itself, and it looks like basic planks that would be held to like you know be like a brace for a 
something you're not really seeing it as like a, a decorative wood, more like a structural wood cut. Um, and, and Thrym is kind of pointing this out as as you're doing that. And you, you kind of reach inside and you notice there's a hollow point in the middle of it. And you open that up and what the fuck? Hold on. I got to move to my other tab. Uh, you find 1400 gold. Oh, in yes. In the middle of that. <laughs> yes. Oh. 1,400 gold. As you move that last piece of lumber, like this beautiful sheen of the gold just illuminates your eyes and you're just taken aback by the sheer amount in there. Well, we don't have to want for money for a little while. Plus, if you think about it, we just also gained an extra 5,000 for completing the last task. It, sure, if you really want to take that approach. Just say. Wait, how, how do you get that? They, they wanted to charge us for the entry. Right, we yeah. didn't have to pool our money together and spend that money. So we went and did all of that so we didn't lose the money. Oh, it's then like that positive kind of thing. Right. Ah. Sure. Some bullshit that they want five grand just to get into their fucking house. Well, it is kind of a nice house. All right. So I think that's all I, yeah, that's all I had for here. So, uh, completing all of those tasks, uh, you guys heading Hold over on. to. I'm going to search every single bugbear body and cut off every single bugbear head on my way back because we had to take evidence. Alright, those those bugbear heads uh, are mostly after, smushed. Most yeah, of them most are of them smushed, are. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're not very like thick to begin with, so yeah, you can you plop them all in the bag of holding. The chieftain's head is, you know The Chieftain's smoky. head is much larger and, and musclier and and, and 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 smoky. And smoky. And it's <laughs> only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm chopping the chieftain's head off, I'm gonna look at next and just be like, "Do you want anything?" No, I'm I'm good. It's all you. Yeah, every every bugbear has um has hide armor. It looks like just random leather from. You're, you're telling like basic like deer hide and maybe some boar from from your from your looking at it. It's kind of hairy, um, you know, not well kept at all, kind of falling apart. The bugbear chief does have a basic like buckler as a shield. Um, nothing too fancy with that, and they're all carrying like these very crude clubs that have kind of like a hammer at the top, um, but they're all like basic. Like, they just fashion these out of, like, forest wood and junk like that. None of them are anything super special. Yeah, Nathrim, you can keep whatever you want. I have no interest in this. You, you sure you don't want to skin or anything? I'm good. I'm... Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll carve you off an ear or something. I'm good. I promise you. I'm fine. But, okay. I mean, that was really nice of you to ask, though. All right, so yeah, I'll just take all of the heads that I can find. Okay. And throw them in the bag of holding. Sure. All, all right. right. Seven heads. 
uh, six, seven, and the bugbear chief for eight total. Okay. No, I'm sorry, two, three, four, five, yes, yeah, six, seven with the bugbear chief. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> the fucking, the lightning bolts. Oh. I mean, I burned all my third level spells to do it, but fuck them. Fuck, that was cool. All right, so you guys, where are you guys going to be headed to? I suppose we're headed back to the registrar to uh, present our proof of let me the fuck into this building. Uh, Cuddy looks over. He goes, yeah, I've kind of got beat up a little bit, but yeah. No, let's, uh, let's get over there and get our dog back, huh? I do miss Monkey a little bit. You know, I thought he was kind of fucking annoying, but I, I, dog. I miss him too. All right. Well, I so... mean, any dog that can carry a dagger. I don't even know what dogs are, but he could carry a dagger, so. Yeah, that was a pretty cool trick I taught him, huh? No one's concerned about the asshole dragon. Just me. Yeah, he no, stole I, I, the I, dog. I think it's just you. Like, what's your what's He's... your problem with the dragon? He stole the he dog. Did... He's a dick. I hate people that think they're better than me. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you know about dragons, but that's kind of the general thing is they're, you know, they act all superior, but, you know, they really kind of are. I, I, I refuse to accept that. Oh, Let's okay. go. All right. Well, don't, don't get eaten by the dragon. I mean, that'd be a hell of a way to go. Look at me. Do I look like an appetizing meal? Uh, no, not at all. Exactly. All right, well, let's go get our dog back. All right, so we'll just take a, take a 20 to go there. So you guys get back into town after a couple hours. Um, the sunlight is still bullshit to you. Um, as you get out of the dense forest, you get back out there, and it feels like the trek back to town takes longer just because you're not able to really like process as much around you. And all you're doing is kind of like looking at the grass and the gravel as you're going along. It's not very fun. Do I hear um, any birds chirping? Yeah, yeah, you definitely hear birds chirping. It's like still kind of early in the morning. It's probably like really 8, 8.30 in the morning at this point. I'm just going to be walking alongside Nex and Cuddy just trying to imitate their chirps with whistling. All right, do a nature <laughs> check. You're that guy. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. I'm doing it horribly. <laughs> Four. Four. You're trying to mimic it, but whistling isn't something you've you've ever mastered. So it, it, it Cuddy looks over at you, and as you're trying to, like, push air out to try to match the pitch, like, just globs of spit are coming out. I'm going to keep doing it. Okay. So all the way into town, Thrym is just hawking up loogies left and right and just leaving them on the ground. I didn't uh, know it was supposed to rain today. <laughs> you guys get back. Um, you re Get back into town. You know, you're still seeing the guard. You see the same guard that you encountered when you first came into town. It looks like he's up and about. And he just kind of like just nods to you. He just... Not morning. How you doing? Miserable. How are you? Uh, doing okay. You guys look a little beat up. 
Solving problems. Oh, well, you know, thank you. You know, if it's, if it's any help, it's probably, uh, you're probably helping out with the town, right? Maybe. Hopefully it buys a century. Oh, you're trying to get into the big place, huh? Yeah. I knew you were going to try to go there. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. All right. So you go to the reg straight to the register's office. And uh, you actually see the door being propped open uh, by the same girl from before. And uh, Charlie looks over. He goes, oh, you two are back. You three are back. What do you, yeah. what do you want? What do you want? We, we did your shit, Clementine. All Trim, right, good. Give, give her the Come heads. On. Come on in. Uh, show, show me the proof. And she, like, offers and uh, you're holding out that. Uh, writ that she had written out before and she like holds her hand to take that. And I'm going to open the bag of holding and take out the golem head and place it down and then just throw all of the <laughs> the bugbear heads like onto the onto the counter in front of her just blood everywhere. Okay. And I'm waiting patiently for him to finish doing that. I'm not you wanted proof. Paper. I'm not going to hand her the paper until he's done putting bloody stony heads on the counter. I just imagine him, like, shaking it upside down to, like, get them out. <laughs> you wanted proof. There's your proof. And as you do it, she actually has, like, this almost, like, weird sick smile on her face as you're do as you're doing it. She goes, oh, you, you guys are actually my people, aren't you? She's, like, turning, she lifts up one of the bugbear heads and, like, examines it. All right, that'll be an interesting cleanup. But okay, there's the uh, there there's the bugbears. We uh we and heard from uh. Yeah, we heard from uh, what the hell is his name? Where the hell is oh? We heard from Pontiff. Uh, he said you guys helped him out. We got the uh, word this morning, so that's all set. Uh, any word on the 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 grave bloom you needed? He's spoken to Clancy. He looks at you, be like. Mm, no. Who's Clancy? I hope that little shit didn't run off. Yeah, we got the Grave Bloom. Oh, okay. And which one of you has it? I do. Oh, because to try not to put it in the in the blood. That kind of tends to taint the ingredient. I drop it on the counter and make sure one of the blooms lands in the blood. Oops. You look at her, and she almost looks like she's about to laugh from that. <laughs> and she she goes, "All right." And uh, the the final final thing, the um the 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 golem. I see the head over there. All right, that's uh that that was that was everything. Shit, you guys were uh, really efficient. All two, of the, all four of those tasks in a day and a half. Yeah, well, I need to get in and talk to a dick. Uh, oh, you're talking about Muldres, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, asshole. Yeah, that, that guy's a piece of shit. Anyway. He stole our dog. I think you said something about that. But, all right, hope you get it back. Hold on a minute. And she reaches in and she pulls out, uh, she's behind the counter now. And just kind of like glancing up and seeing like the blood drip on like the side of her desk. 
and she like opens the drawer and find she pulls out like a small towel and like just daintily places it on top to prevent more blood from coming on her side of the desk. And she pulls out another piece of paper that looks very similar to the writ that you have. There's oh I'll I'll, I'll need that back. Sure. And she just takes the takes the writ back and places it on the desk. And she looks over. It's like, all right, your name was... And she points to you. Nix. Nix. And your big guy. Threm. Cuddy! Cuddy waves <laughs> from the back. Okay. And she starts, like, looking at your faces. And she started, like, she's, like, drawing something, but you can't quite tell. But she's just staring at each one of you for a good, like, two minutes, not saying a word. And uh, Thrym, you glance over because your height kind of gives you a little bit of advantage. She's actually drawing a very illustrated version of your faces that's really dead on. And then once she finishes, she did Nyx's first. And as soon as she like finished it, it began to glow like a purple. And then she moves on to you and you watch it as she gets all the little intricate details in your face and the wrinkles in your forehead and some of the scarring on your face. And this beautiful like facial features on you and then she finishes it and that glows and then she takes the time to do another for Cuddy says alright uh, as long as one of you are holding it and you guys are within 15 feet that should get you through the uh, the barrier I appreciate your help Chloe uh, Charlie what did Anyways, you say Charlotte Hey, you're not so bad, Nix. Come by some other time, will you? Sure thing. And she gives you like this very genuine smile, like like you get her. She gets you, and hopefully you get her. As I'm walking out, I pat the door frame and cast shocking grasp to char the wood. <laughs> uh Thrim, if you're walking behind, you just see her like shake her head and smile a little bit. She begins to take her towel and, like, try to soak up some of the blood. Cuddy just kind of gives a curt wave and goes after you. So, really, that that piece of paper, that'll get us in? Uh, uh, hold on, I'm wondering if Thrym is going to do what he said he was going to do. Okay, he turns around and looks at Thrym through the doorway. As I walk through, I want to grab like the top of the door frame like right at the corners and just tear it <laughs> roll me a strength check yeah because he's gonna fail that <laughs> right <laughs> 23 23 <laughs> so it, it, with frame. no effort whatsoever you just yank out the door frame and you just hear behind you as you keep walking, like there's like no resistance whatsoever. Hey man, that's not cool. I told you I'd be back for it. Oops. Oh boy, I hope this doesn't bode badly for us. Relax, yeah, just, we'll be fine. I'll just like kind of just drop it behind me as I walk walk back. <laughs> okay. And these two large, like, broken beams that you yanked out clunk to the ground. 
So up ahead of you is the bridge that Cuddy was not able to cross. I'll go first. Okay. Clutching my paper. Okay. Kind of tentatively approaching where I remember the barrier to be. Yeah, exactly. And you, as you get to that spot, you kind of hesitate a little bit and take a step forward. And you, your foot hits the, the stone and it looks like you made progress. I'm going to keep walking. Okay. And you, you look down to kind of see if you can see any other reactions with it. And you do notice the paper you're holding. Your faces, all three of you, are like glowing brighter. As if this is this is literally what's giving you access to the inside of this. Alright, let's go, boys. Alright, so... I'm, I'm following, but I just look super disappointed. <laughs> she, did, she didn't even draw the mantis head. Well... You know, maybe if she did the mantis head, it wouldn't work on the bridge. What if you weren't wearing the mantis head? And she drew the mantis head. Maybe you wouldn't be able would to get her take it off. Yeah, that's a good point. You're going to be buried with that, aren't you? Probably. Unless I find something better. All right. All right, let's go find my dog. Maybe we could get you a dragon's head. That would be better. <laughs> Although it'd probably be more of like a full body armor. That fucking was big. Even better. Or he'll wear you as armor, you know. Just saying. I mean, I'm pretty big, but I don't think I'm big enough. I mean, maybe you'll cover a little bit of his body. You could probably stretch your skin out, you know? He'd tie our legs together and wear us as a bra, because he's a bitch. <laughs> so as you're, you're saying this, as you're uh, crossing the bridge... You're about three quarters of the way, and you're noticing directly in front of you is the, the doorway to this massive complex with the tower uh, somewhere in the middle of it. Uh, to the left of this massive complex you're getting closer to, uh, you're noticing the fountain that you guys had noticed coming into town. And behind the fountain that's, you know, pouring this beautifully colored water out at the top, and it's cascading down on multiple levels... You're seeing the form of a titanic dragon walking around it. As you guys stop for a moment and recognizing it's the same dragon you saw from before, you see the dragon looking down and is talking to someone. As you see them kind of branch around the fountain to the left where you can kind of clearly see, the dragon is walking with a robed man. Um... And they're talking to someone even lower. The dragon's talking to someone even lower than the robe man. And as you look down, uh, very far away from you is the small golden retriever. And the dragon and the robe man are talking to it. Hey, isn't that your dog? Yep, that's him. They. I was kind of worried they ate him, to be honest. Fuck you. But why does it look like they're talking to it? I mean, sometimes people talk to animals, you know? Like, some people have, like, emotional support animals, and, you know, people talk okay. to plants even, too. All right, that's weird enough. Why are they talking to it like it's a person? I don't know. Let's go ask. So Cuddy kind of immediately walks ahead, and he looks behind to see if you guys are, like, immediately following him. Oh, I, I, I'm right beside him. All right, and Cuddy looks a little bit like a little anxious to be seeing the dog again. 
And as you guys are getting, you're probably, probably about within 20 feet now, the dragon looks up and sees all of you and lets out this mighty roaring laugh. So you all didn't die. Why would we? Just an observation. Anyway, I was talking with Yuri here about our little furry friend. I don't suppose you had noticed anything off about him while you traveled. You mean aside from his otherworldly purple eyes? No, nothing. Yeah, I don't... See... It's easier if we show you. You ready, Yuri? And this very weary-looking robed man uh, wearing a long silver beard down to his belly. You can barely see his eyes. Um, He's wearing yellow robes as opposed to the other colors you had seen in town. Um, Yuri, like, beckons you all over. And next to the fountain is kind of like a little square where there's a lot of, like chairs and like areas for people to eat lunch it's kind of like it looks like a meditative spot and he points over to the other side and says Muldrez over there and the dragon just kind of stomps over away from you guys maybe about 20 or so feet and he looks at the dog and points to the middle and Yuri goes over off to the side And he looks at the dog and looks at you all and kind of, like, beckons that you guys move off to the side. And Cuddy immediately, like, scrambles off near, like, a little bench. So Yuri looks at the dog and holds out his palms towards it. Um, You guys feel this surge of magical energy around you these ribbons of violet energy erupt from Yuri's fingertips. They soar high into the air and then suddenly plummet downwards and wrap around the dog. A bright purple light that blinds everyone engulfs the entire area around this enchantment that's being cast. You hear Muldrez on the other side begin to mutter something And all of a sudden, like, these buffets of wind start to flow in from the flapping of the wings. And as that's happening, it looks like it's having a reaction with the bright purple energy. And all of a sudden, this almost like a sonic boom erupts all around you, and the light is gone. And so is the dog. In its place, a young, scruffy human with dirty blonde hair, wrinkled yellow robes similar to Yuri, and they hang off his very, like, skinny, emaciated body. All of a sudden, the the figure pats his body and laughs. This is, this is a rather a young human. And he runs over and he shakes Yuri's hand, and then he, like, waves at Muldrez, and Muldrez kind of gives him, like, one of those, like, upward nods, like, yeah. And he runs over to you guys. That was insane. You guys, you guys, you guys helped me out. You brought me here. You saved me from a bunch of people. You could have given me away. I could have gotten eaten. And there was nothing I could have done about it. And then, I don't know. I, I can't even begin to thank you guys. 
I just kind of look over at Cuddy and I'm like... Cuddy's jaw is like to the floor. You really could have stood to feed him more. Look at this man. Oh, no, no. I'm I'm usually always the skinny. I, you know, I tend to focus on studying and don't pay attention to what I'm eating. Uh, I was eating here or there. Usually the <laughs> mushrooms and stuff I found and, you know, occasional dead squirrel that, you know, I kind of had a weird urge to eat some of those. Sorry about putting a rope around your neck. I didn't really think about it. That's okay. Yeah, I, I guess in the end of it, I didn't die, right? And that was a hell of an adventure. I mean, you know, the, the, these are stories I'll, I'll carry on for the rest of my life. Yeah, you keep making mistakes like that, your life won't last that long. Well, look, I was I was trying a new polymorph spell, and I needed oh, I needed a werewolf bone. It turns out I grabbed a dog bone instead as the reagent and why why would you want to be a werewolf well they're in the forest off to the east you don't you don't know about the the werewolf squadron no oh i'm sorry i forgot you you guys are from the underdark right yeah yeah i kind of kind of got that see I, I don't know if you're fully aware of what happens when you're polymorph but you know, whatever you transform into, you kind of get the brain of. So, you know, dog. So anyway. Yeah, hang, hang on, hang on. I want to try something. I start scratching behind his ear and see if he reacts. And he, Hunter, like his his like leg begins to like pop 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 on the ground. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That'll that that'll be a residual effect that'll be there for a while. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. I Just start searching around on the ground. Cuddy is still just staring at Harkle. I find a stick. I wave it in front of his face and I throw it. And he just, he goes to run. And then you can see him like stop himself. You're like, hey man, that's not cool. Uh, I can do this all day. Anyway, I had the biggest urge to travel. And I left here. And after a few days, I ended up in that town to the south there. I had no idea what was going on. I, I remember hearing about how there was a guy named Mason in town and how he was being cruel to the people. I heard overheard all these conversations when I was, you know, begging for food and getting kicked out of butcher shops and such. And uh, then before I knew it, I heard, uh, I heard Mason was gone. And then a, 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 a drow elf and a stone giant and some machine man had done it. And then I ran into you. Convenient. And then, I don't know. This is going to sound really weird, Cuddy, but you smell really good. Just the, it's the wood. But anyway, I figured I'd follow you guys and see what happened. And you literally brought me back home. Trim wanted to eat you. I know, thank god he didn't, right? Holy shit. I just wanted to know what it tasted like. I mean, I've never eaten dogs, but I don't imagine they taste very good. I mean, some of the meals I saw you guys eat, like, those look delicious. But dogs, not so much, man. I don't think that's good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna point to the mantis thing I'm wearing and be like, I ate part of this. I don't know how to respond to that. 
That looks... and it tasted pretty good. Okay, I'll 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 take your word on that, Thrym. Anyway, I was so happy when you came out of that room and you could actually speak. That was pretty dope. Yeah, that was uh, d uh, dope. Yeah. Anyway, I got to get to the Archmage. Um, you guys may want to go pay him a visit soon. Um, I'll catch up with you guys later. Okay, don't don't leave without coming and say hi to me. I live in the tower here. Yeah. Okay. We'll be sure to catch up with you, dog. Man. Harkle. Harkle is my name. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Barkle. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just a nickname now, but is it cool if I just call you Spunky? Um, well, you guys did save my life, so I'm not going to say no to that. Cuddy is, like, trying to say words, but he can't quite get them out. And he goes, Harkle goes over and just gives Cuddy this, like, massive hug. And Cuddy just, like, very slowly, like, pats Harkle on the back. He goes, I owe you most of all. Cuddy's like, you're... You're... You're not a dog. No. No, I'm not a dog. Sorry, didn't mean to fool you. Nah, it's okay. It's just a shock. And with that, Harkle, like, pats Cuddy on the shoulder and runs off into the main building. And as you, Nick, you were kind of paying attention to it as you guys were having this conversation, uh, the guy named Yuri and Muldrez were kind of like grouped together talking again. So you got in. Now what? Hey, Cody, didn't you need to be here for a reason? Uh, yeah, maybe the Archmage guy, Harkle said, maybe we should go talk to him. I'll be able to kind of maybe ask him a few questions. I feel like I need to talk to a dragon. Well, the dragon you have in front of you. So what's your deal? My deal? Yeah. Why are Wait. you a prick? Oh, I'm... That's kind of how I always am. Yeah, I don't much care for people who try to put themselves above others. Oh, this coming from a drow, now that is rich. Yeah, a drow who's been oppressed his entire life. Where do you get off? You know, I don't get the impression you're like the others. You're probably not. I'm on the surface. How's Come on, all-knowing dragon. How's the sunlight treating you? It's a bitch. Look, I don't mean anything by it. I happened to be traveling past. I saw the goblins. Took care of them, and I decided to fuck with you. Yeah, and you fucked with us. Just meant to get a laugh. Didn't mean to anger you. Yuri kind of chuckles. Yeah, Muldrus tends to rub people the wrong way. I apologize for him. So what do you know? What do you know about our, our wooden friend over here? Oh, the Warforged. Sure. Uh, not much besides the fact that the wood in his body is... Not, not of this realm. Not of this realm, indeed. We determined that the wood he's made of is from the Feywild. We don't know ah. how it got here. Well, then you'll need to speak with the Archmage. She actually has a staff made out of the same material. Well, fine, then. We'll talk to the Archmage. Excellent. 
Anyway, I think you'll be a little bit more illuminated once you chat inside with them. Um, we're in a little bit of a delicate situation. Um, I overheard you talking with Harple. Um, we do indeed have... He calls them the Werewolf Squad. He desperately wants to join up with them. Um, a day and a half ago, they were attacked by Drow in the Eastern Forest. Um, not horribly uncommon. And that's kind of why I spotted you and decided to mess around a little bit. I saw a drow and a stone giant. Wanted to make sure you guys weren't a scout squad. Do we... Do you know what house these drow came from? Oh, no, I heard rumors. I was asked to patrol the area and see what I could find and then report back. None of these rumors incorporated an emblem on the cloaks? Or on the mounts? Anything? I wouldn't be the one to ask, unfortunately. I kind of saw things from the sky. I looked and saw the battlefield down below. I saw numerous drow bodies and a few werewolf bodies, unfortunately, as well. But I was told just to report what I saw, and then I've been waiting for orders ever since. Did you see a female magic user riding a giant lizard? No, I haven't seen one of those for a hundred years or so. Those are I, rare to appear on the surface. I'm assuming you're talking about a priestess? Yeah. Someone we've been trying to avoid for quite some time. Ah, so you come with a little bit of baggage, I see. Doesn't everybody? Indeed, everyone does. I, I think it'd be more appropriate for you to speak with the Archmage inside. He can give you the details on it. If you insist. Muldras, keep your attitude in check. I may not be much, but you may piss off the wrong group at some point. Ah, but then what a glorious fight that will be, huh? There's not yep. much glory in death. Indeed. And all the supposed treasure my kind hordes will be lost to a bunch of pathetic adventurers, I suppose. With you being here, I have a feeling your treasure's already shared. I have a suspicion that your treasure is knowledge. I respect that. But arrogance should not come with knowledge. Well, how am I supposed to intimidate the lesser folk that come through here looking to take advantage of the people of the town? Just talk uh, like that, that's gonna get you killed. And you're a giant fucking dragon. Well, I've been flying around being as arrogant as this for hundreds of years. Everyone but I appreciate the word own. of advice. Anyway, Yuri and I need to go report in. Go right inside there, and he kind of mentioned, like, nods with his giant dragon head, the entrance that you saw Harkle go into. Right in there, uh, there's a desk. Uh, you'll see what to do. And with that, uh, Yuri and Muldrez begin to uh, walk uh, back around the fountain. It looks like there's another path to, like, the back of the facility. Cuddy looks at you, well, guess we'll go inside? Yeah. Fine. As you're walking, Cuddy just kind of walks over to you, Nix. Hey, you know, I, I I thought you were kind of a dick at first, and then I got to know you. You're a big softy. 
Maybe yeah. it's the same with Muldress. Not as soft as you'd think, Cuddy. Oh, I don't know about that. You could have killed me while I was uh, in my maintenance mode. And I still think about it every time. Oh, you think about me, though. So as you guys go in the rather large entrance, uh, you guys are all taken aback by the architecture that you find on the inside. There are paintings on the walls, very illuminated for the inside of the building, and, but there doesn't seem to be any light sources. Uh, but there are pedestals with, like, busts of faces. Uh, there are sculptures that are lining the walls on both sides of people in robes, people in armor, um, mostly human, some elves, a couple dwarves. You don't recognize any of them. There's no names on them. Uh, they look they look good. They're not stone giant good, but uh, whoever did these did not do the owl statue outside of town. Try not to spit on these ones through them. Uh, these are decent. All right. So you guys, uh, it looks like you approach like a desk and there's no one there. There's not even like a chair behind the desk. It's like almost like a half circle. You guys are approaching it from the bottom. And you look around and you see a lot of different people here kind of going left and right. It looks like there's two floors here with two spiral staircases that go up on the left and right of you. Um, there's a couple wings on the left and the right. And yet again, you get the impression that there's some sort of extra dimensional space here where there's way more of this on the inside than there is visible on the outside. Um, and the one thing now you are really starting to notice is there are three different types of robes that you're seeing. You're seeing blue, yellow, and red. It's the same as the shop in town. Oh, yeah. Maybe different ranks or something? Probably. Anyway, we're... Maybe different schools of magic, too. Oh, that could be it. Where the, where, where, where the hell do we have to go? I don't know. We just said go to the desk and we'd figure it out. Ah, okay, well, we're, we're at the desk. And right as you say that, um, a red g ball appears in the air right on top of the desk. <laughs> and it just kind of just standing there and hovering. Did, did you just summon that? Nope. Wasn't me. Hello? Wait, are you talking uh, to the... Are you, are you talking to the red thing? I figured it was Madison. worth a shot. Okay, um... Hi! We're here to see people. What was that guy's name again? I just look at the globe and I'm like, take us to the Archmage. And with that, the ball immediately, like, comes down to your eye level, Nyx, and begins to walk uh, towards the eastern hallway. All right, let's follow the ball of flight. Uh, you walk Again. down for what appears to feel like about 10 minutes with many, many different areas. And you look inside, and there's come some people sitting at desks. It looks like a classroom setting. Another looks like a laboratory. Another looks like a dormitory. It looks like a cafeteria of some sort where they're like cooking up food and have areas to sit. And finally, you reach the end of the hallway and there's one giant doorway. Uh, and the door is, is closed. But you hear yelling coming from behind it. 
And this place is so much better than Sorcerer. Actually, no, it looks a lot like the place they put the women. Not so much my quarters. Anyway, Wait, so you, you guys hear something? Uh, yeah. You yeah. think your quarters were bad? Wait, what? Oh, did, what... Woe is me, Thrym. What did you have to sleep in, Thrym? Uh, it depended on the day. It ranged from stone to pig shit. Stone was the operative. Hmm. That's shitty. I used to, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I used to sleep on ships every once in a while out in the ocean, and, uh, you know, for a while there, even though I'm a, you know, don't eat, I felt queasy all the time. That was really uncomfortable. But, yeah, sleeping in shit's probably way worse than that. Oh, yeah, no, 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 there are people on the other side of the door. And he, Cuddy gets kind of close to the door to kind of, like, hear it out. And right as the, the you guys f follow with the red ball with you, and then right as you reach that door and you guys are having this conversation, it winks out, and it does, it's gone now. Well, this is probably where we need to be. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Come here, come here, come here. You can hear this. You can hear this. Get over here. What do you hear? And you lean over with, with uh, Cuddy, and he like kind of like cups his ear. He goes... They're talking about drowned werewolves or something. Probably that attack that Mulder has mentioned. Yeah, most likely. He's like, well, should we, uh, bust our little party up? Sure. Thrym, care to knock for us? I'll give a good knock on the door. Okay. And you just hear this, like, angry voice say, enter! Someone's pissy. I'll just throw the door open and walk in. Okay. You whip the door open. It's made out of this very thick, heavy wood that you wouldn't expect out of, like, it looks like it's fragile, but it's got a lot of heft to it. And you whip it open, and you see inside it looks like a study, and you see two people there. You see uh, a bald, elderly elf. Uh, he's not wearing a hood, but there's a hood attached to it. But these robes are pure black and it's the the most staggering thing out of seeing all these robes and then seeing this and you almost feel like the light is being pulled into the robes like around his body like light and color seems to dim a little bit mm. and the other person you see is a middle-aged human woman with a blonde ponytail wearing a basic tunic and pants and she's kind of like trying to continue the conversation as you guys are walking in and the elf holds his hand up like gently and says Thrym, Cuddy, Nyx so good to see you creepy that you know my name gotta say I like the robe oh it's a notation of my rank here in uh, the, the Ivy Mansion. But thank you. Come in. Uh, join us. We were just discussing a issue we're having off to the east. Werewolves and drow? Ah, yes. I guess uh, loose lips and all. Um, it's it's really nothing. We, we occasionally have drow scouting parties. Um, 
but this one here. I'm, I'm sorry. It, my, my name is Archmage Juritan. My my apologies. And this is Enchantress Renatal. And she just kind of like curtly nods, and she looks you over, and then she looks to Cuddy and gasps. She immediately jumps in front of the Archmage, and a spiral wand materializes in her hand, and she points it at Cuddy. She says, what the hell is a scout from the Iron Company doing here? And she looks at both of you and holds the wand at Cuddy. And Cuddy, whoa, whoa, no, no, what? No, no, I'm not part of them. Oh, oh, God, no, no, no. I'm Cuddy, I'm a me. I'm a person. And the Enchantress looks at you, Nixon Thrym, and is still pointing. But she looks unsure now. Iron what? He's made of wood. And she slowly puts it down. My apologies. And she, like, starts to walk towards Cuddy. And Cuddy looks at her, be like, what What the hell was that about? I step between her and Cuddy. No, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. And she, like, whisks her hand and the spiral wand goes away. Yeah, what was that about? Iron what now? The Iron Company. Oh, Cuddy looks over you. It's a mercenary company. Often uh, in me in. I forgot the name of the fucking place, guys. There we go. There's a town called Luskin, north of Neverwinter. They. Uh, I never really talked about it, but there's uh, a lot more of me. If that makes sense. That would have been nice to know, Cuddy. Well, not really me, me. And the Enchantress looks a lot more calm now. She goes, oh, sorry, we, we got word. You guys are not from around here. The Iron Company, it's a mercenary group based out there. They uh, have an army of Warforged. Um, thing is, they're not like him. They all, they're, they're all automatons. They don't talk. They don't have logic. They don't really dress. Yeah, that's me. He goes, well, I, I know your names. You see, I haven't been entirely honest with you. Uh, Clancy, you can approach now. And Nyx, to your left, uh, appears another person in a, in a yellow robe. And it's the person that you saw on the farm except cleaned up now. Fuck, Clancy. Hey, so sorry about that. Uh, I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll explain it better. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're on the up and up. Uh, you got nothing to worry about, boss. Very well, thank you. And Clancy, like, walks out of the room and just kind of, like, nods to each of you. You see, when Muldrez told us there was a lone drow and a stone giant heading towards town. You'll forgive me in assuming that you were a spy or an operative? With the history that we have with the drow up here, it's uh, unfortunately usually an extreme measure. But You thought a spy wouldn't come in disguise? Well, we didn't really know what your intentions were. So Muldrez said a drow, a stone giant, and a potential member of the Iron Company were coming. So, 
we set a little something up. You met our registrar over across the bridge. Uh, those tasks were meant to see who you were on the inside. You had the opportunity to kill a necromancer. You seemed to want to recruit him to us. You were obviously smart enough and strong enough to take out an iron golem. You helped us out with our bugbear problem when you could have easily just paid gold, not shown your loyalty to one or the other, and walked your way in. We would have let you in if you paid the gold, but we would have been a little bit more suspicious. We do have to pay some of the mages on our payroll. Well, 5,000 gold isn't the easiest thing to come across. No, it is not. As for Clancy, I thought he was a young man with potential. Oh, he is. He's one of our brightest. He's uh, really the only one we let kind of play around with necromancy around here. We set him up over there. We were wondering if you take the bait on the gravestone that was dug up. So you put your own man in harm's way, thinking full well that we would go after him? Oh, no. Clancy can take care of himself, I assure you. If you appeared hostile, he would have gotten out of there. But you didn't. You risked yourselves. You spoke to him, and you convinced him. That 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 tells me that that's not something the drow ever do. Well... He seemed to have innocent intentions. And that's what we were looking to see in you. Innocent intentions. And I believe you have it. So welcome to the Ivy Mansion. Now, excuse me for a moment, but let's talk about your friend here. And he holds up his... He has a staff that's leaning on a desk near him, and he grabs it, and then walks towards Cuddy, and he looks at the staff and looks at Cuddy. Ah, Umbral Loris. I can't believe a Warforged was crafted from this. Cuddy looks over. Yeah, well, I couldn't believe it either. I just kind of woke up one day, and I was me. I, I heard... You guys knew about this wood here, so I, I wanted to come here. It happened to be along their path, too, so I came to see what was up. Like, I don't know if you're aware, but it's close to impossible to acquire limbs and branches of an Umbral Loris. It only exists in the Feywild. All attempts to bring it through portals have resulted in violent explosions that sometimes prove fatal. The only documented instance of this wood is this staff right here. There used to be a cleric of a goddess. And he once beseeched her aid in a war that happened 100 years ago. She gifted a branch of an umbral loris to him. It was made into a battle staff. And on that clear its deathbed, it was gifted to me. This war was against the drow, actually. 
We call it the War of Many Caves. Uh, Nyx, you intimately know this knowledge. About 100 years ago, while you were in Sorcerer, there was a war pushed by Lolf to try to gain some ground on the surface. Uh, the drow were invading many, many cave entrances that led to the surface of Faerun. And the goodly races had bound together to stop it. Uh, many gods and goddesses, besides Lolf, did get involved in this war. Inevitably, though, the drow were pushed back to the Underdark. The information that you know, Nyx, it's, it's spoken as if the drow came back willingly, as if there was no land to take. Yeah, propaganda style. Do you, do you look familiar of this story, Nyx? I was alive when it happened. Studying at Sorcerer. I wasn't allowed to join the fray. I was still looked down upon as a male caster. They didn't think I had the ability to join the front lines, so I stayed behind, learning everything I could while mopping the floors of the academy. That's good you didn't join. The casualties to the drow were immeasurable. That clear. See, they, they told us that. They told us that they deemed the war unworthy. That it just wasn't worth it to try to take the surface yet. They didn't tell us about all the casualties, but then again, I don't know how many of my kin have been killed over the millennia. They don't actually pay attention to male drows and their deaths. No, I, I've seen it in action they just send you guys as if there was a meat grinder on the front lines and they just threw you I've seen kobolds stone giants all just thrown at it until the females can get a lucky shot or more collateral damage on the other side yeah we believe that's why other gods and goddesses got involved in this, and why it was so effective in pushing the drow back. That cleric I spoke of was a dear friend named Drendar Ven. He was a war cleric of Sahanin Moonbow. Does that name happen to ring a bell with you? Does it? Roll me a history check. History or religion? Ooh, fuck yeah, religion, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked myself, I have a lower score in religion. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. In the books that you read at Sorcerer, in, in the now aware of the propaganda, um, Sehanin Moonbow was a betrayer sister of Lolf. The sister of Varon. Did you say Veyron? I did. Ah, I haven't heard that one in a while, but... Look, I don't know what they've taught you down there, but... Uh, 
that goddess, that disgusting goddess Lolth, she used to be an elf. Through one way or another, she became a goddess. She had many brothers and sisters and children. I've known of Veyron, but I don't know too much about him. But Sehenin Moonbow had a severe hatred for her sister. Loth was the betrayer. At least that's what our history has taught us. As soon as the Lunar Lady discovered Loth's push to the surface, she personally got involved. My friend Drendar was gifted the Umbral Loris. And with this staff, pushed back hundreds and hundreds of drow personally. And here we are, 100 years later, with a warforged made of Umbral Loris. Like I said before, through the gift of a goddess, this wood is allowed to exist in this world. But there's a lot more to this man than meets the eye. Cuddy almost looks relieved. He's been listening patiently as the talk of gods and wars almost merge into somehow being related to his existence as well. Cuddy looks at him. What else do you know? I have notes. Theories, if you will. I'd be more than happy to show you over the next few days. And Cuddy walks over to the Archmage. He goes, would you mind if I show him some things? Okay, show him whatever you feel you need to. So the Archmage uh, wanders off towards his desk. There's a big-ass bookcase behind the desk as well. And you don't hear what Cuddy's saying, because as that's happening, uh, the Enchantress comes up to you. Look, I've heard rumors of that guy now. Look, I, I heard stuff about a mystery warforged working with a pirate gang called the Storm Chasers. And then suddenly he was gone. They were no longer a force to be reckoned with as soon as the, he left. I guess when that Warforged was on that ship, they were unstoppable. They were tormenting people all up and down the coast, taking what they wanted, sinking random merchant ships for fun. I don't know what's up with him, but watch your back. He may not be who you think he is. Look, let's be frank here. Why are you two here? Why are we here? We're searching for Veron. Oh. We have a lead on where we may be able to contact him. And we've already run into a couple of mages from this town and felt that, uh... Well, I felt that maybe I could get some information. Maybe some new magical knowledge from you. Well, 
you're in the right place. I'm sure there's a few people. It sounds like uh, we just spoke with Harkle before you arrived. Seems like he might be able to lend you some assistance if you were willing to entertain such a young wizard. He shows great promise. I'd be willing to learn from him. He does. May I ask, where where do you think you'd be able to speak with Veyron? There, there are no temples on the surface to that god. I don't think there are any temples anywhere in the world to him. That's you'll, where um, people go to commune. You'll have to forgive my distrust, but I don't want to give too much away. But I have it on good faith on a location where the veil is thin and I may be able to contact him. Understandable. I have contacts in Neverwinter. If you wanted, I could arrange transportation uh, via teleportation to Neverwinter if you so well chose to go. If that will help in your journey. No, I will be taking a leave of absence from here. I, I won't be able to get you back. Um, my compatriots in Neverwinter would be able to help you, but, you know, sounds like it's the least I could do to help you in your journey. If you're seeking Veyron, we we know he's an enemy to Lolf. If, if you're able to beseech him, then sounds like you're on the right track to say I kind of look at Thrym I'm just like how comfortable are you with teleportation it may save us a very long hike over the mountain range never done it before but whatever it's disorienting I can say um, we have a circle here that goes directly to my friends in Neverwinter. So it wouldn't be a shot in the dark if uh, if that's what you're concerned about. Are these friends... Do you trust that these friends won't have been infiltrated by the houses of the Underdark? Oh, in Neverwinter? Oh, God, no. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's Archmage... Archmage's little brother who would be your main contact. And if anything, the elves on the surface would never betray each other for anyone from the Underdark. Thrym, you understand war tactics. Do you trust this move? I'm going to trust your insight on this. I'd roll. I'd like to roll an insight check on her last statement. Sure. He's actually doing insight. All right. <laughs> Woo! Twelve. Twelve. With that, you you definitely sense that she's very truthful with it. Um, more on like a lot of the body language. When it when it came when 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 the archmage was speaking about the war, uh, the enchantress looked 
pretty angry when he was delving into um, some of the battles and when he spoke of the meat grinder. Like you could sell, you could see there was a physical reaction with the enchantress. Like as far as you guys are able to tell, both of these uh, very powerful magic users uh, despise the drow from the underdark. Anyone who was a follower of Wolf. Okay. And DM. Yes. I'm 193 years old. What yes. are the chances I actually fought in that war? Um, God. Ooh, yeah, that's a really good fucking question. Because that will affect this decision. I... Fuck, would you have been on that front line? There's a solid chance. Let's... Let me jot that down. We'll look at your backstory, because we do have some stuff jotted down. Yeah. And while you did participate in some wars, because when you were jumping between houses... Um, I want to. I want to say we may have put some numbers to like when you became a slave to Menzo Berenzen. but let's let's look into that because I don't want to say something now and then have it yeah. fuck up canon right. later. Yeah, because when did you come to Menzo Berenzen? Because they would have been the ones. Wouldn't they have been the ones waging the war? So you might have been part of different wars. Unless it was all the Drow of the Underdark that can't cut into this. So as you, uh, as you're kind of like looking her over and kind of like, you know, peering into your own soul to kind of mull the decision over, Cuddy walks over and you see the Archmage is still behind the desk. Cuddy walks over and he looks kind of vulnerable at this moment. He walks over and in, in a strange tone and inflection in his voice, he goes, hey, Guys, I think I may want to stay here. Why? I think there's a good chance I'll find out where I came from and why I'm here and sentient. I knew it had to do with the wood, but to know that it came from a goddess's blessing or something... I think that wizard guy over there might be able to help me with this. How long would you need to stay? Man, I don't know. Hopefully not too long. Look, I don't know. We don't need to make decisions now, but... I don't know. We may need to kind of talk about the future of stuff in the next couple of days. We We might... We might be here for a couple to a few days, so why don't you mull this over? I don't say it often, but you're an asset to this little team of ours. Don't want to lose you just yet. I don't want to leave either. You what? guys are really the most trustworthy people I've ever met, if you can believe that. But if you need to do this to find out who you are... We're not going to stop you. I don't know. Who, right. who knows? Maybe this is somehow connected to what you guys are doing. Might be. Thrim's right. We won't stop you from doing what you need to do. Well, don't want I, you to regret it. I really, I really appreciate it. I'm gonna 
go with him. He says he's got more books in the library about Umberloris. Um, I'll catch you guys later. Yeah, we'll catch up yeah. with you later. Good All time. right. So he looks he looks genuinely sad as he like walks away. Like there's like a a droop in his body language. As if him a and robot the... could cry. <laughs> the the archmage walks over. We we will talk later too. Suppose we have a lot to talk about. We do. And the enchantress walks over. You guys hungry? Yes. I could use some right. fruit. Do you have any fresh oh, fruit? We got all sorts of fruit. Do you have grapes? I'm particularly uh, fond of those. Maybe. I guess we'll we'll see what shipment we got from the coast. But yeah, let's go. Let's see what you've got. And with that, everyone walks out of Archmage Jeriton's office, and that's where we will leave this session. <laughs>